This week on Out Now with Internet, we are talking The Woman King. And I just can't wait to be. Oh, wait, it's not going to be me. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, hi, how are you? Hello, hello. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies and more weekly. We can dig into movies, be a most supporter for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other film movie topic. This is episode 507, 507. 507, what a cool number. It sounds blue. It feels blue. Not sad. I don't know. Five oh seven blue. It just gives you a, a blue vibe. Yeah, this is Got my it. synesthesia coming to coming to play. Very <laughs> okay. And for five oh seven, we're talking the Woman King, the latest film from director Gina Prince Bridewood, starring Viola Davis. And joining us to discuss the Woman King, we have from movies, Marcus. He's lacquered himself up with palm oil in preparation for this week's review, and studied up on his Dahomey history for this week's game. It's Marcus Robinson. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here. You know why. <laughs> why Marcus? i don't know don't make me read aaron's text <laughs> while we're recording time. marcus how are you how, how's you fifth place doing i'm good i'm i'm reveling in it uh it's just gonna, yep. I'm gonna be fifth place for the entire calendar year exactly so you will be reminded of this in like may that's the spirit <laughs> well, i'll make a t-shirt and everything well, glad glad to, have, glad to have you back on here. It only made sense because you were able to avoid doing a game last episode. That means we have to have you on so, you can, oh. so we're, 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 we're balancing the universe. Yes. That's, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to hear your thoughts on the movie and all that, too. But, I, I wanna, we, I wanna but, hear... but you owe us a game. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> if, if this is really saving the earth or something like that, then then I'm, you know, I guess I'll make that sacrifice. Mm. But okay. This is saving the earth. I, I don't know if you know yeah. this, but every listen that we get an audio boom, I'm trying to make up something about composting, <laughs> like so a can gets picked out at the beach or something, but I, I can't make that lie. I, I but you should be doing this. We should be saving this is just to just to drag me. Yeah. Not sure. to drag you, to, to save the planet. Oh yes, okay, yes. Yeah. From Don Cheadle. I'm here for From I'm here Don for yeah. That's like a ten year old callback. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it is. <laughs> People listening right now, they're like, what is he talking about? Well, you should look it up. We should explain it. You should just look it up. Yeah, you've got to go and search. Why should we save the world from Don Cheadle? Look Don Cheadle. Funny uh, the, It has nothing to do with Marcus's uh, second favorite movie last year, Space Jam New Legacy. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, all that's yeah. true. All right. Let's, what are we doing? Let's get to some show notes. Uh, first up, uh, speaking of the ocean, we have a new commentary track coming. Uh, it is going to be for the original Pinocchio. Which oh. features a giant whale sequence in the ocean. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to be recording that very soon. Uh, looking forward to it to talk about the original Pokey, Pinocchio. Um, yeah, get get uh, get prepared for that one. And that's going to be found on iTunes, where you can find all the episodes of our show, and you can also give us a rating and review, which would be Thank wonderful. You so much in advance. Exactly. Pop us up in the old iTunes charts there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. It is mid-September. That means we're that much closer to October, which also means that we're going to have all these special bonus horror episodes coming that month as well. So be prepared for plenty of that. Yeah. I think I mentioned this last week, but our commentary for October, for those that want to prep, is going to be for the original Nosferatu. So uh, keep that in wow. mind as well. Spooky. Mark, you dressed up as Nosferatu once, right? All the time. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, last week. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> How he goes to bed. Just dresses yeah. up. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> leans <laughs> lean sideways in that coffin that stays upright. <laughs> yep. Try to catch the shadows. I, I'm very, my lighting is getting better every day. In, oh, in my house. oh, he's going to become a daywalker soon. We better go to his house. I would watch, <sighs> I would watch Marcus's blade. I'd, I'd watch that fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Marcus. We're Man, Bailey, for, Bailey for the scene in the hospital early on when he's like going after Donald Logue. <laughs> no. the cop, and the cop, you know what I'm talking about. And the yeah. cops, the cops start shooting at him. He's like, "Motherfucker, you out of your mind?" It's the best. <laughs> it's the best when Wesley Snipes like drops all the like coolness for a second. Like, Motherfucker, you out of your mind? Like just looks at him. Great like, guys, reading. I'm doing my thing here. <laughs> I would do that. Okay, that's show notes. Let's move on. Let's get this about no quickies. Trademark. Each of that yeah. long, we leave this right with this guy with the cookies. Turn back. Damn. That's good. That's good. All, the, all good. around. All around. You know, yeah, 507 worth. <laughs> Abe, what have you seen recently? Uh, in honor of us doing a commentary for Pinocchio, I watched Pinocchio. Um, and then I also have been watching Rick and Morty. And Aaron, I know you don't watch Rick and Morty yet. Yet. But this past episode of season six, episode number two, it's about us. No, it's not about Aaron and Abe, but okay. it, they do have like a diehard through line, <laughs> and I think you thoroughly enjoy it. And I was like, as I was watching, I was like, oh, I'm just, it's a problem that Aaron is like six seasons behind. But when he gets to this, I think he's going to enjoy this episode. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I have no doubt that I will fully enjoy all of Rick and Morty. I just haven't gotten to it. That's all. I'm shocked you've never seen Rick and Morty. Well, I mean, right. I don't, you, you from the future came to me and said, Aaron, don't do you it. You from so the I'm future? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's such a Rick and Morty storyline. <laughs> I see. I'm good at this. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, uh, there, there's a really, really fun uh, diehard storyline that they really lean into for the entirety of the, this, the episode. I mean, it's got a lot of things going on, but one of them is a diehard through line and it's pretty fun. Um, but no, um, a lot of television catch up because uh, the enemies just happened. So people were just like, you got to watch this. I was like, I guess I'll give it a shot. But, you know, not everybody can watch uh, all of season, four seasons of Ozark in one night. So, so have you watched any? I mean, you just said that there's there Emmys happened. Did you watch anything? <laughs> From the Emmys? Yeah, I was I was watching up White Lotus. So I finished episode one of White Lotus. Uh, and I know that they're already like that was like a year and a half ago. Uh, and then I also was watching Reservation Dogs season two, episode one. But then I started watching um, uh, Atlanta season three, and I know they're on season four already. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I have not finished. I haven't. I don't think I finished even episode two of, of Atlanta. So there's a lot to catch up on. Um, still, did you like but, anything that you saw? <laughs> you know, you- there. I think that they're of the moment type things. And not saying for Atlanta, but I think for White Lotus. I was like, everybody was really texting me and saying, you got to watch. I told you, look at this. It won all these Emmys. I, yeah. I don't know why I'm going with his voice right now. But um, I watched episode <laughs> one of, of uh, White Lotus and Steve's on. I never finished it, yeah. Yeah, Steve's on showing me his ding dong. I mean, great. But at the same time... Um, <laughs> I'll see you how it finishes and it plays out. People, people say that they love this the show and it's got a season yeah. two with Jennifer Coolidge again. So, I thought yeah. it was pretty solid as a show. Yeah, I, I, I'm giving it. Yeah, it, it's it's actually really really well done, and I definitely am already seeing the themes of white privilege uh, in episode one already. Can't uh, miss them. Well, <laughs> no, nope, you can't. You can't. Or yeah, you definitely cannot miss it. So, uh, as you may or may not know, season three of Atlanta is my favorite season. Oh, really? So. I did not know that. Okay. I'll keep that in mind as I'm watching it and being like, I see why Marcus likes it. And why I, I, I dislike it. I will, 
I will say this about White Lotus real quick: that the right people, the right cast members, won the Emmys. Um, okay, as that goes. Interesting. Uh, with that, but for Atlanta, yeah, I've started season because I write about it, so I I'm, yeah, I uh, I wrote about the first two episodes of season four, which is I heard that they're great. They are. I mean, the whole the whole show I think is fantastic. But yeah. The season three. Mm-hmm. It's a you'll I mean it's not I mean you you watch the first episode I mean the 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 whole season is a mix of hey here's our cast and here are some like random anthology Twilight Zone type episodes that's what that I'm of, that's yeah. what I'm getting the feeling of already mm-hmm. and it's a uh, I I find it fascinating um, what they're yeah. trying to go after okay. in these episodes and all the I mean the cast is great all obviously as well yeah but see season four from what I'm aware of, I believe it goes back to strictly dealing with the cast. Still, like, surreal Are they stuff, back stateside? They are back in Atlanta, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah, season three is the Europe season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what I've been watching. A lot of television. All right. Marcus, what have you been watching? Um, <clears throat> so, I I tried to get through the... Uh, the remake of good night mommy but just oh that's right with naomi watts yeah i just couldn't do Have you, it. did you I, like the original good night mommy you know i didn't i okay so i i didn't love the original good night mommy but i remembered that it had it has this like tension like eerie kind of tension throughout and it's a very that's that's kind of what kept me going with it um mm-hmm. this didn't have that so and it has like Naomi Watts is like in it in kind of like a different movie. Like she's way wild and crazy and all this stuff. And and I guess I from the original, I'm guessing that she's supposed to be kind of the similar kind of really like monotone mute character, like mom, like very mysterious mom. And she's like a super abusive mom, like hmm. right away. And the kids are like kind of. I don't know, like, it takes them a while to go like, this isn't, this may not be our mom, or we don't think this is our, and the mom's like thrown like a, like their phone in the garbage disposal and screamed at them at the time and comes into their room and screams in there. And I don't remember any of that happening in the original, um, but I haven't finished it. So, mm. you know, there we go. Um, I get, so, so I did, I did, I've been thinking about a movie that I saw like a month ago Go on. Um, it, it, and it's 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 it was it's breaking. It's the John Boyega uh, breaking. Yeah. Not no dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, not break in, break in. Got it. Break. Yeah, not break in. Um, and I, <laughs> I and you know I've been I've been thinking no because I've been thinking he's in he's in 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 we'll talk about him later. He's in yeah. in in the Woman King. King. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm thinking this is one of his best performances. This is one of my favorite. John Boyega performances. It's very like young Denzel. He's he's just hmm. taking over, and it also is. It's it's a hell a of a lot great, better than John Q. That's for sure. It is hell of a lot better than John. <laughs> uh, well, okay, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The story has a. I'm trying to figure out why I didn't love the movie. Because it's okay. Um, because it's okay, and it's like, like, like. Okay, so the movie is about, I guess, the movie is about a a Marine uh, veteran who doesn't get his disability check, so he holds up a Wells Fargo, and he demands that like news trucks come, and he gets his own negotiator, so everybody can see kind of how they treat veterans. And it could have been this, this thing. Even the story sounds intriguing. 
Yeah. But it just kind of lays there and it's like super flat and, and I don't, I, I it's kind of poor direction and it's just really just poor storytelling. And, and it's really, it's, it's a shame because right away we're thinking of movies like Dog Day Afternoon and, hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you, any of these movies that that's these hostage movies that have so much more like body to them than this did. And this, it just could have done so much more. And, 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 and I realized going around into like the third act that the only reason I was still watching this movie was the interaction between John Boyega and it, it, it's one of Michael Kenneth Williams uh, final. It's his final performance. Uh, yeah. It's his mm-hmm. final performance. Okay. So their interaction together is brilliant. They're just brilliant actors interacting the rest of the movie is so just it's it's like a bad episode of law and order and it's just a shame because i just want i I, it's frustrating that these performances were in this movie and this story was this movie so yeah i i yeah that's that's kind of a a movie that i've been thinking about for Mm. about a month and like why why didn't i like this movie but yeah you're right it's it's kind of like just mid yeah, like I, I think I like it a little bit more than you do, but it's mainly it's because of those performances, and I think um, Nicole Bahari and the. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't remember the other actress's name, but she's in a lot of shows yeah. as well. But um, I think they're all solid in the movie, like that. And I, I think yeah, it just it, it for being a movie that's about like you know veteran affairs and everything, like right. it, it, it needed to delve more into that, and I think it tries to do a lot as far as that and handling the media side of things and handling, you know, his personal life to some degree like it's trying it's like kind of it's it's trying to put a lot of things in one fairly tight movie it's only like 90 ish like it's not a long movie right yeah, so it's, it's not a long movie at all it could have used more either fleshing out or a reduction in the time the number of things it wants to do and given that it seems to be the most important thing is the I, veteran I, aspect like that seems to like it should have had more of an impact than it actually does there was a veteran aspect there was a father daughter aspect there was yeah. a, a a media yeah how media portrays mm-hmm. the it's it's like a man versus the the establishment aspect but just nothing hit mm. like just none nothing of those gets as hard it. as it should right and cuz it's a true story yeah you know, depending on you this, know it already it's like right I get, you know, like you can kind of assume where it could be going but that is, yeah that, that's another thing it's like okay so it goes a certain place what are we gonna say about that? It's like it doesn't really have anything to say about that beyond you know those yeah. happens. Like it kind of yeah exactly. So like it kind of just like sits there, and I feel like even the credit that I'm giving to kind of like the first half of the movie, which is 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 completely watchable, I feel like it's watchable because John Boyega, because uh, 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 Michael Kenneth Williams isn't in it until it like later, 30, yeah. 40 minutes into the movie, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just. It's it's just it was just frustrating. It was just frustrating because, like, at the end of the year, this may be one of my favorite performances. Like, yeah, it's such great. a good performance. He's very good at it. He's this. great. Yeah. Um, it's just the movie is just flat to me. Hmm. So, Unfortunate. Yeah. Anything else, Marcus? Mm, uh, there was an episode of King of the Hill where no, I'm just Okay, well, I've seen a few things that I want to mention real quick here. Uh, first up is this movie called Saloon, which, Marcus, I think you would love. Uh, this is a Senegalese crime drama slash genre film. I saw it okay. last year at 
one of the festivals that I had a screener for. Um, and I actually wrote a, I, I, I watched it again this past week, but I wrote a review a year to the day that I first saw the movie. <laughs> so it's like, it's finally out wow. now. It's on, it's on shutter or slash AMC plus uh, currently. It's also in like select theaters. It kicks ass. And I probably huh. said this last year also, but this movie rules. Uh, it is just this really clever, like really well done, very well-made stylish, kick-ass crime movie that like is going in a very particular direction involving these three mercenaries um, who are based off a real group of mercenaries in 2003 Senegal um, that are trying to accomplish a thing uh, only to get delayed for some reason. Um, they're, they, they try to take a shelter at a place where they're kind of hiding their identities. Uh, then there's some reveals that take place and the movie shifts in this like wholly other direction. Hmm. It's awesome. It is a kick-ass movie. I think it's great. I'm so happy it's finally out. Uh, not surprisingly to just near universal acclaim. Um, it, it is a wonderful movie, Saloon. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. Great. Um, so, yeah. Um, the other movie I saw, Confess Fletch. Oh, this okay. New Fletch film featuring John Hamm. Yeah, as, John Hambone. As, uh, John Hambone as Fletch. Uh, the trailer for this was lousy. Like, I, I was like we finally got this Fletch movie after like two decades worth of development on another Fletch. I don't know why it would take so long to make a third Fletch movie. That seems like such a simple idea. Like get a guy that's, you know, kind of goofy that puts a disguise on and does a mystery. How that took so long to get here. I don't know. Then the trailer drops and it's like, this looks terrible. Movie is good. <laughs> like, <I'm sorry. laughs> this might be one of the biggest surprises of the year for me. Like I like, huh. but given how bad the trailer was versus how good the movie is, I'm not saying it's like spectacular. It's a good movie. It's not an amazing movie, but it is a it's a real it's really funny hmm. and very clever. John Hamm is very good as Fletch. Something I also didn't see coming because uh, I, I like Sudeikis seems like more of a Fletch in today's whatever. But regardless, Ham nails it. He's great. He's great as Fletch. It has a really fun supporting cast of comedic people that you'll recognize all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, including Kyle McLaughlin as like an old wealthy what? rich guy who dances to EDM music at night. It's like there's, all there's, right. like, there's like <laughs> so stuff going on here. The mystery is kind of like whatever, but it's just more fun just watching Ham like, you know, do his thing here, being this yeah. kind of goofy guy who's also very smart that can like fool like you have the cops is uh Roy Wood Jr. and um oh the other the actors I can't I have a thing in front of me. Uh, but like it, it, just the way he's kind of outsmarting people and conning himself into certain situations. Mm-hmm. John Slattery shows up for like a Mad Men reunion making me think why do these guys <laughs> have like a whole movie together because they're great. Like <laughs> it is it's really fun. Like I am so taken I was so taken aback by how much fun I had with the Fletch movie. Um, so that's glad to hear that it's solid (laughs) i'm also happy to hear that john hambone is uh he's just one of those guys that has made it so he's able to do things that he actually likes which is like comedy and he's like he's such a good looking guy they're like oh put him in put him in this movie make him an fbi agent but he's just like let me just be on comedy bang bang and uh do a whole bunch of comedies with my buddies and he and like daniel radcliffe have like the best career arcs well, that's the thing. Like we've been talking about this recently with like Idris Elba, as far as like mm-hmm. actors that seem like Brian Cranston, like actors that have seemingly paved the way for them to have like a bigger movie career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been convinced that Cranston and Ham just haven't like like they're good in supporting roles, but just sure. not really as movie leads. Like Ham, hmm. he's really good here. Like this is one that's like really shows me like okay, he can like carry a movie if they give him the right stuff. Like this uh-huh. is a really good good example of that as far as leaning into what he yeah, like you said obviously likes which is you know being a goofball every now and then right 
also still having you know a bit of edge to him like it's mm-hmm. it's there so it's like i'm, I'm very happy that confess fletch worked out Good question they for make you. more of them yeah is he use a revolver in this movie or is it just like a newer semi-automatic weapon i don't think he has a gun at all in this movie okay I was like, if they gave him a revolver, that'd be actually be pretty funny. I think actually, I think there's like even a joke about the fact that there's a yeah, there is there's a joke that there's a joke about how far he go, how far the movie goes to not have him be armed. Oh, okay. So yeah, because they're not yeah, Fletcher, they're not action movies. They're just yeah, they're very much comedies, comedies things. Um, where is that? that It's on VOD and in theaters. Okay, currently. So, Mm. um, and yeah, given that that came out, and then see how they run, both came out. Out this week, I talked about that movie last week. Talked about last week, yeah, yeah. Um, this is easily the better of the two. Like, this, oh this, wow, this, this is the mystery comedy this okay. year. Like, Ryan Johnson, take note. We apparently needed two mystery comedies in one week because <laughs> it's like, oh, Glass Onions coming, guys. We need to hold. We need to put them all out right now. Yeah. Um, the last thing I watched mm-hmm. um, is Clerks Three. Um, oh boy. So I am a I I I am on record. I am a fan of Kevin Smith's. You know his. The movies that kind of made him big, you know, yeah. his viewers universe. I, yeah. I like the, you know, Clerks yeah. and Mallrats, Chasing Amy and Dogma yeah. and Same. Silent Bob yeah. Strike Back. And I like some of his more his other detours. I like Red State quite a bit. I, Tusk, uh, yeah. I don't like Tusk. Okay. I'm getting there. But I like Zach and Mary. <laughs> I don't like Tusk. I really don't like Yoga Hosers. And yeah. I, re- I yeah. really didn't like Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Okay. Okay. At the core of Clerks Three, I think there's a very good script here. I think the right writer Kevin Smith showed up and made a he wrote a movie that felt fitting as far as how do I, you know, if I made Clerks, I made Clerks too. Now I'm you know in my 40s, I had a heart attack. How do I write all this to like you know do these characters now? Right. And I think that script is great as far as make good put writing providing perspective on where he is in his life and how that reflects on these characters. It's a shame that director Kevin Smith of this recent era showed up because mm. it's. It, <laughs> It feels like amateur hour, and it's really oh, a shame. No. Yeah, like I, I I rewatched the Clerks movies because I mean Clerks one is one of my favorite movies ever, and Clerks two I think is hilarious. I I watched those, and you know Clerks obviously is you know that's him his first thing out. It's it's got that indie spirit, but it's not like a particularly well directed movie. But Clerks two I think is a solidly made movie. Yeah, I wish that director showed up to make Clerks three. But instead, it's the same guy that made fucking Jay and Silent Bob reboot and Yoga Hosers, where I just, I don't get it. I don't, like, he, mm. is, he has been in this industry for a while now. It, oh, I, I don't know why, like, his direction has gone, like, so, like, bad. And <laughs> oh, no. it, it's a shame, because, like, there are jokes here. Like, it's obviously funny in spots. Like, it, you know, the, the writing is good enough for the uh-huh. jokes, to, for some of the jokes to land. But like the movie also requires this kind of like emotional payoff in a number of scenes, and either he's stretching Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson to play right Dante and Randall, he's either he's stretching them too far past their limits of what they're capable of as actors, or he's just not directing them very well. Because like there are some key scenes where you need to feel something based on what's taking place, and this movie just doesn't land it at all, and it's a real shame. Hmm. I see again the writing is there. I see what right. he wants to do, but in terms of delivery. It just it just completely misses the mark where like I know what he wants me to feel, but I'm not just going to fake it like I want to actually yeah. feel that in the movie. And he just hmm. doesn't get it there. I'm curious to watch it now to see how the direction is uh, misfiring. Yeah, it's it's a shame because like and there's like oh, there's just other decisions made. Like there's a certain character in Clerks 2 that is 
not in Clerks 3 for writer reasons that I don't agree with <laughs> that are that are bad. Uh, I'll say this though, in, in the, mm-hmm. it, I'll say two things in its favor. Uh, beyond the fact that it's like you know, it's not awful. It's just a movie I didn't like. Can I can but, I guess one of them? Sure. Eighty eight minutes. No, it's actually almost two hours. Um, Damn it! Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a long movie. That's too long. That's a long movie. Um, <laughs> I think Clerks Two is long. It's longer than Clerks One. Um, but no, the two things. One is Jason Mewes walks away with this movie. Like for, okay. of, the, of all the actors in this thing, which includes cameos from Ben Affleck, Jason Mewes is, is easily the most comfortable on camera. He is, and because it's you know he's not the lead of this thing like with the J and Bob movies. He, he and, and Silent Bob, for that matter, Kevin Smith, they can come in and do their thing and get out, and it's great. Like I, But Muse in particular, I think he's really funny in this movie. I think this is like, uh-huh. it's he's really well utilized, and it's very funny to watch him and Silent Bob do their thing this time around. Mm-hmm. I generally find them entertaining anyway, but like for a movie that I had a lot of issues with, they were not the problem. So okay. like, good on them. The other thing, anyone that watched Clerks, the animated series, the short-lived six-episode ABC series. It only aired two episodes, but it's on DVD and it's hilarious. There's some direct references to it that made me laugh because I like that show so much. And, <laughs> and uh, I was I was happy that Kevin Smith found like a few opportunities to put direct jokes referencing that show because he knew that, you know, a very select audience would get those jokes. So I was, I was pleased. With yeah. that. So, two wins, I would not have guessed, but yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Get on him. But Clerks Three, yeah, it's like in, it's like a weird limited release. It's like a Fathom event, but it's like ongoing. Yeah, so it's out. There. Well, you no know, tusk, Fathom, no they, dust jokes. Yeah, no dust jokes. <laughs> All right, so that's out of piggies. Trademark. Let's move on now. Let's yeah. get to our uh, trailer talk. Thank you, Marcus. Let's get to our trailer talk <laughs> uh, for the Fablements. Uh, we're going to talk about this is newest period, movie trailer of the week. We're talking about what have you. We're talking about the Fablements this week. This is the new Steven Spielberg film. It is a semi-autobiographical picture based on uh, Spielberg's own life. Uh, he's written the film with Tony Kushner. Uh, Spielberg writing a movie doesn't happen very often. I think the last credit was AI. And before that, I think it was E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, he doesn't screenwrite <laughs> very often. Right. Um, but here, obviously, it's a very personal picture for him. So he's involved in this one around. Um, and he's got all his people here. You know, you got John Ish Kaminsky. You got you have Michael Kahn editing. Um, but this cast includes Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, uh, and Judd Hirsch, uh, a bunch of other people. Yeah. Um, with all that said, Marcus, what are your thoughts on this trailer for The Fablemans? I mean, it, it, even before the trailer, it had a lot. I, I people have been throwing around terms like passion project, and 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 it's. I know this was a, a another Spielberg Kushner thing, and you had said about uh, Spielberg writing. So I was amped to see this. To begin with, the trailer is kind of just fantastic. I I I, I want to see. I know I'm not going to be disappointed. It it makes me feel like I'm in kind of uh, safe hands. Um, he, he the trailer does this kind of like inspiring thing that I know that like Spielberg does like really well in certain uh, films that are meant to be like you know nostalgic and inspiring um, and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but more so, I, I I feel that there's some kind of sense that like all roads have led to this point, and that's the movie that I want to see. So the the trailer made me believe that this was that, um, and I get to see Paul Dano as a, as a father. So that's just that's you've been waiting for cherry that. on top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I'm waiting>. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you want you got yeah you gotta see the the you gotta see the Riddler as a dad okay <laughs> yeah exactly there we go Pop Enigma yeah <laughs> hey you where are you with the Fablemans I heard some buzz about it as well uh similar to Marcus and I and I think you mentioned last week or a couple weeks ago that it was premiering over at TIFF and I have heard some good things out of TIFF I think it's one of those things where I have to have to start muting certain words uh so that i don't see it on my timeline on twitter like dano mm, <laughs> maybe i mean if it's gonna be like paul dino is his best work since you know the Batman. Blood, yeah, <laughs> then maybe i have to start muting it but i i had so much anticipation for this movie uh that i watched this trailer without sound and i was just like this is this is immense like this is such i could feel the images just beating through my brain and beating through my heart and even without sound or music. And if I do happen to catch it in theaters uh, before another movie, I'll gladly watch it in full like that. But um, I just basically want to hold out on as much as possible before seeing this movie in November. Same. Uh, I mean, (laughs) you know, I think we're all big Spielberg fans here. He tends to Mm -hmm. make a, a good picture or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I am absolutely excited for everything that this movie will have to offer. Um, yeah. I, I look for, you know, you, I, we make fun, you know, I'm not the biggest Paul Dano fan, but I think I'm the right thing. He can be very effective. I do yeah. think he's great in love and mercy. I do think he's great in a lot of things. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, he's just not one of my favorites. Regardless, I'm excited to see this <laughs> cast in this Spielberg movie, including right. Seth Rogen as well. Seth Rogen's proven himself yeah. to be plenty capable when it comes to these, you know, certain kinds of, yeah dramas or whatnot that balance uh you know what's being capable of exactly it's hard to miss you know the early word on this given you know it just it won the uh audience award at tiff which basically guarantees it a best picture nomination because that's how that always goes with tiff um but you know even with these sky high expectations i i'm just genuinely excited to see him do this movie i i don't think he ever slums as a filmmaker but like it's certainly he certainly seemed very excited with West Side Story and, you know, more excited than I've seen him in a while yeah. um, as far as just like doing something that just felt like out of his you know comfort zone to some degree and making a thing. I'm really I don't think this will I, I'm very much hoping that this that energy is going to carry over into this. I don't doubt that it won't because it's a story about his life, essentially. So, like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't it? And he's working with I believe what I said last year, I think Tony Kushner is maybe my favorite collaboration between with Spielberg as far mm-hmm. as like the people he constantly works with. That's the one I think that just really yeah. hits for me all the time. Who's your so, second Williams? I guess by default. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Williams or um, who's his OG OG cinematographer before he passed away. Well, yeah, he, he, he worked with a lot. Yeah. Um, In any case. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but regardless, yes, I, I just like all the, all the pieces are coming together. Um, to make me very excited for what the Fablemans have to Oscar have yeah. to offer, I I will note uh, Spielberg. Ha- you know he's obviously been nominated pretty much every time he has a drama, he gets nominated for best director. Um, he hasn't won since Saving Private exactly. Ryan yeah. for director. He had he had, and before that he won for director and picture for Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think he's due? Do you guys think he's due for you know winning again? Look, man. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Steven Spielberg is going to like sweep every <laughs> Academy Awards. <laughs> Uh, categories I'm in this year. Do I think that he's due? 
I don't know. I mean, he's had a lot of great success. Um, but as we discussed last year in the pre Oscars award show, when I was like, or I'm sorry, the post Oscars award show, I was like, I don't know. Coda won. I, it's not my favorite. And then I think you and Mark Hoban rightly said like, you know, rarely the favorite one movie is the one that wins uh, best picture. So yeah, who knows? I don't know if he's like necessarily do, but Hey man, that guy is like a great, a champion. Like he's, he's on Mount Rushmore of Hollywood directors. Um, so he's already won, hasn't he? Yes, he's he's won he's won all of our hearts. Um, but, um, <laughs> do you think this this will be this will be like I, you remember when like Belfast came out last year and it was like this darling in 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 a lot of circles and in those early festivals, yes, yeah, faded to whatever. Uh-huh. Um, this <laughs> so, you know, that a lot of this reminds me of kind of like you know you have that like childhood thing that's happening and they're seeing a lot of adult things happening and then whatever and it reminds me of that so maybe this is the thing that this is the movie that will push through this was this is the movie that will sustain i guess it's gonna be doing a lot of things that oscars like right it's a movie about movie making to some degree it's a you know it's got this coming of age story with adult themes it's fucking spielberg i mean like it's it's, (laughs) i think like the the best thing that that uh, was said here marcus i mean you you and aaron both said this which is like it feels like all roads have left this kind of thing and you know fast and furious joke aside but it is um like a situation where i think that it's if spielberg I don't know if he was like reluctant to make it earlier on, but now that he's older, he's like in his seventies, you know, like Aaron, you said he came back with West side stories, like one of the best movies of last year that really mm-hmm. nobody really saw in theaters. And they were like, yeah, we guess in this movie on Disney plus it's great. Um, and so it, it does feel like, okay, I'm ready to make this movie now about my turbulent life growing up in Phoenix or in Arizona where my, my parents got divorced and then I just loved movies and, you know, I threw myself into it. It's like, I'm, I'm willing to see it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm preparing myself for that. And we're kind of forever uh, for the holiday season here. Yeah. Well said. Uh, the Fieldman's arrives in theaters, November 11th, November 11th. Oof. So we got to never too, forget. Not too long. That's like one week after the other, right? It's black. <laughs> it's black Panther than the Fableman's. Dude, it's gonna be a packed two holiday packed season. Weeks. Yeah, <laughs> like this award season is gonna be crazy. We're gonna have Marcus on like every other week. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta make a lot of games. Um, okay, so <laughs> let's um, let's fairly talk. Let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for the Woman King. My king, the Europeans wish to conquer us. They will not stop until the whole of Africa is theirs. We must fight back for our people. Maneska, you are asking me to take them to war. War. Some things are worth fighting for. Don't know. Called to join the king's guard. No kingdom in all of Africa shares this privilege. Train hard, fight harder. We fear no one. And we fear no pain. 
I offer you a choice. Fight or we die. That should have been some of the trailer for The Woman King. It all started when Maria Bello pitched a story <laughs> idea to Viola Davis about 19th century West African culture that utilized an army of warrior women to provide protection for the kingdom of Dahomey. As the project evolved, director Gina Prince-Brightwood became attached, adding her own contributions to the screenplay and hired on many women and people of color as major parts of the filmmaking team. The resulting film follows Davis's General Naniska, who is in need of a new generation of warriors for the Ajogi, Agoji army in order to be prepared for further attacks from rival kingdoms. Marcus, were you prepared for this journey to see us, to see how a woman king would come to be? I was not. I was completely got off guard. This is a, a historical action epic that uh, is kind of was kind of like a superior theater going experience on almost every level. Um, it's established. Uh, G- Gina Price Blythe, you said Blythewood. Is Bythewood. that the director's name? Blythewood. Okay. Yeah. Um, she establishes right off the bat with having this kind of like theater shaking battle sequence um really showcasing her love and admiration for the these these physically physically dominant uh female characters um but also using the rest of the story to or rest of the movie to establish this world and the cultural significance these 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 characters play in in this village uh and why this 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 uh these people were so dominant um, and so notable. Um, also, the cast, we'll talk about it later, but uh, Viola Davis, uh, Boyega, um, uh, Nashana Lynch, um, they're just, this is like a collective display of just Black excellence that really holds up to this adrenaline pumping visual action historical movie. Um, that I was really here for. Um, it kind of has something for everybody, but what I what I got most out of it was there's this depiction between uh, the this 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 relationship between elder black females, multiple elder black females, and younger black female characters which is kind of a na- analogous to the fracture connection between africa and every single person stolen from her uh during this time in history that was just kind of beautiful and it's it has the 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 the, the action elements and it has all the things that you came to see but that element was just it put it over the top for me that just to, just a really solid movie that i just didn't really see coming okay abe what do you think of the woman king uh in a word awesome this movie is such a phenomenal film from top to bottom i'm gonna echo some things that marcus said but i think for the most part this movie is quite the epic like and i mean that sincerely and i mean that literally because there's some movies that mishandle this stuff and there's even elements of this film that you've seen in the trailers like, well, I I know where this is going when the white settlers come in. There's going to be like this white person love story. And it's like, this movie doesn't actually do that stuff. This movie takes a lot of turns. There's a lot of turns for sure, but it always is centered around Viola Davis, these warriors from Dahomey and how they are going to go about 
how uh, to keep their their kingdom prosperous. That is very difficult to do, uh, given that there's a whole bunch of other stuff here. But I think what Gina does here, and again, you mentioned the screenplay by by Dana and also a story by Maria Bella, which when I saw in the the end credits, I was like, Maria Bella, Maria Bella, but yep, um, yeah, it is. It certainly is uh, Maria Bella. But there's a really good unraveling of like a spool of yarn in this movie that translates so well on the screen here. And yes, like what uh, Marcus mentioned, there's a lot of action. There's actually a lot of things for everybody. But the same again at the core of it, they don't lose the story that they're telling, and they actually don't really expand beyond a certain section of what they're trying to do anyway, which is just fight off like a rival tribe. And then they also talk about the slave trade and they also talk about, you know, these, these um, South American, in this case, these Brazilian, um, uh, what you call it? Like explorers, traders. Traders. Yeah. Traders. Yeah. traders that come through. So it's, it's really like a really well done movie. And what I dug about it the most is that, it has like elements of like what Marcus was mentioning, like passage of information down on, but they also have an entire story focused on like these young people that are coming through the, the this uh, all uh, female elite uh, unit and their story within it. So it's like this weird, like, let me follow certain people, like a few different people, but it all is fairly cohesive. And again, like I dig that they hold really a, not a whole lot back when they're talking about colonization, when they're talking about uh, enslavement and how they, even John Boyega just talks about how um, he wants to be different from his own family members about how they have handled the slave trade. So overall, like really into it, really dug it. My audience, uh, we really all dug it. And there was a lot of applause at the end here. Last thing I'll say, which is a huge benefit, is that this movie is fairly emotionally engaging. Like, and I mean that you know on on multiple levels, right? You know, whatever your feelings on it are, but it's it's continuously emotionally engaging, and I found myself uh, really, really holding on to some of these characters uh, and hoping that they make it out throughout the rest of this movie. So, really, really well done, and really well crafted. Uh, this movie rocks. Um, and it's been like a good year for Africa and movies, apparently, because we have this. Like I was talking about Saloon earlier. There's mm-hmm. Neptune Frost from Saul Williams that I liked really a lot from earlier this year, and then Black Panther still coming. Like Africa's getting its due this year, guys. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of good stuff here. Uh, this movie rules. It, it's great. It's uh, super crowd pleasing, uh, which I really enjoyed about it. Uh, it, it. I say that meaning there. You know, there are movies you can make that are historical action, not even necessarily action, but like historical dramas that on the outside feel like homework, you know, feel like mm-hmm. something that you're supposed to see because it's important. Uh, I like that this movie doesn't try to hide that. It's a very entertaining movie. Like, are there things to take away from, you know, what, what is trying to tell you about the society in Africa or culture or, you know, what have you? Sure. There are things to take away from this that are, you know, useful and nutritional, uh, but it's still a crowd pleasing movie. Like it's still fun. It still has big beats that make you applaud it still has emotional beats that you know get, hit you in certain ways um gina prince brythewood has been noted to uh point out a uh, brave heart and gladiator and last of mohicans is like direct inspirations for sure. what you want to do with this that's very clear here yeah. because all of those movies are also very entertaining like it's right. one thing to be powerful and you know deal with certain kinds of history what have you but it's another thing to also make those 
very entertaining movies to watch. And that's exactly what this is here. Uh, I think uh, Viola Davis is very good, as one would expect. Yeah. Um, but I was uh, surprised to some degree that it's like half her movie and half the movie for uh, Tuso Mbidu, uh, who plays the young Nawi, who's like the one of the new recruits, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that the movie functions as a mix of being this kind of you know, historical action thing as far as having like the general trying to figure out like the proper way to handle, you know, these warring tribes or what have you, but also this kind of not necessarily coming of age, but like a, you know, military training journey story as well. Uh, and I, I thought in the, the way these two characters kind of find themselves intertwined, I was intrigued by uh, there's some certain plot conveniences to some degree and, you know, things happen and whatnot, but it's like, you know, it's storytelling. It's, it is what it is. But I, I really enjoyed that. It has these kind of different angles to let us in on this, uh, a, a, a Guji army and like what they're all about and what it meant and everything. Like I, I found that just fascinating and riveting to watch. Um, because you have certain kinds of people behind the camera and working on these things. I like that. There's just a lot of color in this film. There's a lot of like, texture and solid production and costume design and there's you know hairstyles and what have you that would just that really just add to the authenticity of what they're going for or at least even if it's stylized it's still going for a certain thing that i feel like it pulls off mm-hmm. um, the action for being a you know pg-13 movie which i can see both for financial reasons and for the sake of basically having you know young women be able to see this movie and be inspired by even by having that i still you know it might not be super bloody, but I still think the action's handled quite well. I think there's, and we yeah. already saw that with the old guard as far as Gina Prince Bythewood goes, as far as what she can do with action. I do think she handles it well here as well. Um, and it's also just refreshing to see like giant battle scenes that feature actual people, like extras, as opposed to like, you know, CG armies. It was nice mm-hmm. to be like, there's just like a hundred people on screen right now. Like, and they just filmed that. Like that's, that was just like a refreshing thing to see. Um, we could talk more about like the various cast members or whatnot because it's certainly people to highlight, but this movie, yeah, it rocks. It's a it's a really just rollicking good time as far as these kind of historical action films go. And the, you know, bonus points for you know being about this African culture that you know people I I would assume not many have a huge, you know, <laughs> a, a whole lot of knowledge about, uh, regardless of how fast and loose it plays with some of the facts, you know, it's still doing, you know, it's still putting a interesting highlight on an area that people are kind of less familiar with so just good movie all around yeah i i i wanted to highlight that um uh, especially uh for a movie usually movies that um are have contained slavery in it um are not uh in africa um sure so yeah. this was this is a very very like i i'm trying to remember uh, a movie that was entirely in Africa um, mm-hmm. that contained slavery in it. So this was super interesting on that aspect. A good on, good on uh, uh, the the director and and, and the producers um, for doing that. But also, I want to touch on the um, battle sequences. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, I loved that this was not like a CG thing. This was more of like the real people. It felt to me like I was watching like a modern musical where Mm. just everything was just really well constructed and like everybody in the musical even the people way in the back are very important that everybody's in sequence or whatever this was filmed like that so i I was like really like oh wow blown away by that so yeah i I like that it it, there's not a ton you know there's not a ton of action this movie there's like three or four like 
big sequences right and in between you have character stuff which you know good it's good to have character stuff uh but i like that when it does have the action it makes those scenes count right it, it like i feel like the the stuff we're seeing these warriors do yes it's cool but i do think it adds to what we already know or what we can learn as far as character i do think like because we see viola davis fight a certain way or lashada lynch and sheila team fight a certain way I do think it adds to what we know about who they are as people, how they like, I think it adds to, to what we're already getting out of this. Mm-hmm. I think it's less about, I mean, there's even plot momentum as far as what happens in said battle sequences, course, but I do yeah. think, I like that it feels organic to the story as opposed to, oh, it's been 30 minutes. Let's go yeah. in an action scene. It, I, it's, I think it, it's really yeah. well-crafted and is at the end of the day is, is what it is. Cause it, all of us are saying the same thing, which is like, Hey, there's like some really cool action sequences, but the story is still propelled. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is fantastic. I think the other thing I want to mention about the the fighting before we get into other stuff, sure. um, the action sequences, we watched Prey. I think all Marcus, you watch Prey too, right? Yeah, he prays yeah. every day. <laughs> he watches yeah. Prey all every day, day on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Not a sponsor, um, but uh, in Prey, there's a sequence where they get captured with these French fur traders. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, eat, pray, love. That's Marcus's eat, name. Eat, pray, love. <laughs> That's what he does. That's the next installment of the Predator series. It's a romantic comedy. Just, just Predator coming down, just having tea with with the, uh, somebody from the military. Yeah. But in that movie, there's like the fur traders, and what I dug about that is that there's there's no illusions as to these people are bad people. Yeah, Predator yeah. kills them all, and he just and then even like the um, the women, the the woman uh, fighter, I forget her name now. Um, she like has no problem killing them either. I love that about the Woman King is just that like, hey, these people are doing bad things. We've seen it with our own eyes. Everybody dies. And, you know, they it's not that they go out of their way, but I love that they have uh, specific sequences in which you're able to see everybody kind of fight. I dug that about, you know, the Sheila thing with like beating somebody with the chains or with like Nawi yeah. and given like her fight sequence against like two French soldiers um with like her new clothes kind of thing i was like this is incredible like this is something that i i like that there's no ambiguity that they said slave trading is bad and we know that and we're a higher uh like we're intelligent about this meaning that the characters are intelligent about this filmmakers yes as well but the characters are intelligent about this and so they're like these people deserve to die (laughs) and you're just like yeah i agree I mean, it, you know, it's the kind of like satisfying. Yeah. It's the kind of it thing. Really so is. We can get into this yeah. because I, I, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, your angles on this as well. Because like they, this is, mm-hmm. you know, it, if we looking at like actual history, just varying degrees, there are things about right. the Dahomey Kingdom that aren't, you know, they aren't represented sure. here in this, right. you know, in a entirely proper manner. They're playing, you know, they're playing. This movie's dealing with a very specific part of history, which is it's taken you know it's taken some steps to make things seem more charitable as far as the Dahomey's involvement with the with the slave trade sure this is not a documentary so it's not on me to be like oh this needed to be this or that or what have you right but i do i i do think that the movie's choices to you know represent um viola davis is like this you know champion of not you know no slavery let's deal with palm oil exclusively or what have you and whatnot Mm -hmm. like it makes a level of sense i i and we can talk about john boyoga john boyoga soon enough as well but as far as how it's dealing with you know these slave traders and others as enemies 
I get why. I mean, it's, you know, if you want, it's the kind of thing where it's like slavery, bad, Nazi, bad, zombie, right. bad. like it's, you know, it's kind of falls on the list of, I don't need to like care that much about who these enemies are. Yeah. And I also don't need like an ambiguously, like you actually get one in this movie, but he's not on the screen mm-hmm. as much, but I don't need like, like a huge arc on well, not all the slave traders are bad. It's like, mm. well, so okay, okay, okay. So there's there's one thing that I want to like like touch on because because I yeah. thought they did really address it mm-hmm. as far as like slave where they go not I don't whatever I guess it needs to be context if you're but not all slavery is the same because they take they take prisoners in the beginning. And yeah, it's a watered down version of whatever. But yeah, the right. the the point of taking the prisoners is to make them a part of the group mm-hmm. and not it's not the same as chattel slavery. Sure. So yeah, they make good. they they do make a distinction in here and they do it, it's very it's kind of like subtly ingrained into the story. I totally get that the the this is a lot of this is fictitious as far as like we shouldn't be in the slave trade and da 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 and blah, right, blah, blah, right. blah, whatever. But I feel like they did address some of the aspects of this, some of the aspects of, of yes, there were black slave traders, but also yes, when people were captured in certain groups, they were not, uh, it wasn't a, a, a situation like it was in, in in this in the americas in the states yeah uh, or it, yeah and in americas but i i feel like it did kind of like there is distinction here it's not just kind of like good or bad but in a good way in a very good way that, that this, this distinction does come mm-hmm. that's fair it's the kind of thing where for me when it comes to you know historical dramas and what they're doing with you know the quote-unquote truth Right. I, 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 you know, for the sake of a movie, I understand like having right. like characters that are amalgamations of things or right. condensing time mm-hmm. periods to, you know, get across a certain kind of atmosphere or a certain theme that they want to approach. And they have to do that by, you know, combining elements or, you know, mixing things around or whatnot. What, mm-hmm. what bothers me is like when movies like this, when they specifically seem to be the movies you don't really get very often, which are historical dramas about black people or what have you, it's as right. if they're the first ones to do it. As if like right. Braveheart or Gladiator right. or any number of historical dramas, like those are completely authentic. All the facts are completely represented. Nothing was changed whatsoever. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, read up on William Wallace and what happened in like that. that exactly. Uh, Scottish Revolution, man. Yeah. Or read up like the Patriots, like a lot of Mel Gibson. Right. Movies, apparently. Uh, but um, all Mel Gibson yeah. movies. Yeah. But uh, like, yeah. I, leave like a weapon. Go, Come on. Like, it, it goes back to like, just yeah. to, to like Selma where it's like, there's controversy because of the portrayal of, of Lyndon Johnson's like right okay they betrayed him as more of a politician than than this like this this great wonderful white man like it's because they wanted to emphasize i don't know if he was even great wonderful because they wanted to emphasize of all things martin luther king the star of the movie so they they put less emphasis on lyndon johnson was like so it it only seems to happen with Blackland. It's, it's yeah. funny how that how how that's that's when it you know really called right. into question. You can sure. give best picture to right. Gladiator, but when it comes to when it comes to misrepresenting white right. people in other movies, like... <laughs> um, no, I, t- I, t- I totally I totally understand that, and I yeah. t- I totally I like that. I so I want to I do want to point out that 
what it does accurately there there is some accuracy to it and whatever but um you know it should be placed on the same levels and given you know not not it i feel like it will be picked apart but i feel like i mean maybe it's not going to get the distribution that or not going to get the, the eyes on it that that braveheart got or anything right. like that for for obvious reasons but um it does similar things like it does similar things and it does what the what they are well and like you said aaron you know it shouldn't be ripped apart for doing that well, that's right. what it comes down to is the movie accomplishing what it seems to be setting out to do mm-hmm. and i feel like the, between the three of us we seem to think it is yeah i think so yeah i mean again like it actually accomplished more than i thought it was going to do sure and, yeah you know, i, I, I use, would agree yes i use the term epic here because it, it goes in such a uh it goes on such a journey for these characters, like what you were talking about earlier, and not just Viola Davis, but also on the Nawi character. So it, it goes on quite a bit of it. And again, you're introduced to other tribes. You're introduced to these European slash like South American traders, the Portuguese, essentially. Um, yeah. And, you know, Boyega, at some point, you're just like, oh, this guy is a pretty intelligent guy because he speaks Portuguese. But he also speaks their native language, which I guess is translated into English in this movie. But again, with every movie that we've seen here in terms of like based on like some things being true you have to understand that people are taking their own uh you know creative intent with it right so not everything is like you know like you expecting to believe that everything that i've seen in zero dark 30 is true it's like i think probably a lot of it was (laughs) but that (laughs) me character has been that me character has been basically said like that's an amalgamation of multiple people that it wasn't just one woman that was like so adamant that you know some bin laden was over in pakistan kind of thing um with all that being said though uh viola davis is excellent here um in every scene that she get in every scene that she's in i was just like she i i wondered if she was going to get a nomination for this movie but i also wanted to point out something that i said during our um what was that movie with rebecca rebecca hall that we talked about resurrection yeah women in Hollywood don't get enough credit for body transformation. And you only really see it when they have like, you know, Charlize Theron being gaining like 30 pounds to play like somebody in monster. Viola Davis is like fucking jacked in this movie. Like every actor (laughs) is jacked in this movie and that takes time and effort. And, you know, again, she she body transforms all the time. She did it for Ma Rainey's block out block black bottom. Because you wear a fat suit in Ma Rainey's black bottom. Yeah, sure. But you know, she's she's doing a lot of body transformation. And again, like this is more just like soapbox of women in Hollywood like, somehow seem to have like a different standard of oh, they, they really immerse themselves in a role than some of the men do, which is unfortunate because she's great in this movie in yeah. all aspects, like acting. Again, body transformation. Her action choreography is really good in this movie. Like, it's really all just here. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And uh, let's let's use that to go to you know the rest of this cast here. Like, obviously, Davis is very good in this movie, but you have you know a lineup of supporting players. We mentioned Boyega already a few times. Let's talk about him a bit here. I, I for one thing. He's very funny in this movie. Uh, he he get he gets to be a, the center of a lot of the more lighthearted moments, just based on the fact that he has multiple wives, yeah. um, and the opinions um, being shared with him and the attitudes going on around him um, allow for some, you know, they're they're politically intriguing scenes, but they're also just kind of funny to see him like see a lot of raised eyebrows coming into play when right. when it comes to who gets his attention as far as what they what advice they get to offer him yeah 
Um, but I also like that, like, and I mean, you know, it's based on reality. He was a young king. He was a he was a guy that kind of came into power. And so yeah, Boyega, who's not old, you know, he's younger than us, um, who is a uh, showing that kind of novice level of being a ruler, but also trying to figure out how to be a proper ruler. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just to see his interplay with him and, you know, in, um, and Viola Davis, who's obviously mm-hmm. his senior um, and, and seeing like that dynamic play out. But what'd you guys right. think of Boyega in this movie? Yeah. I, I, I think Boyega has a knack for playing these characters, you know, outside of, you know, Star Wars or whatever, but these characters that are just multi-leveled, like they're not, they're not all, they make mistakes. They're just kind of like normal, even if he, he's playing a King, he's making mistakes as king sure uh he's saying stuff that are is going against whatever he's saying good things too mm-hmm. um but he some of the stuff he's saying is is naive when he's talking to viola davis um but he has a really a knack of taking these these characters that are kind of like you know middle middle of of of, of the, the the political spectrum or whatever um not totally revolutionary or totally whatever sure. um and making them his own and really really playing that uh like this character reminded me a lot of his character in like uh uh detroit yeah, uh, sure yeah yeah, but, kind of conflicted. yeah a lot well, of yeah. like conflicted yeah. yeah he's kind of conflicted but he has he has power up to a point so he's talking to other people and he sure. he doesn't have as much power but he is still the king of that so yeah so yeah, yeah he i i really did did love, he plays this character very well yeah i don't have a whole lot to add on the boyega thing i think he's great in this I, my comment is just more of we talked about john hambone kind of being like this really handsome guy and then he's all of a sudden doing like comedies which is which he wanted to do i think that john boyega was like you know what i tried to go down that route I did successfully go down that route of having to play like a huge world star. And you know what? I played that game and it burned me to some degree. I'm kind of done with that. So I love that he's doing things like the woman King. You talked about breaking earlier, Marcus, and he's doing like what Aaron, you loved um, like your, your favorite movie of the year from like 2020 or 2019 oh, yeah. was like the small acts stuff. Right. Oh, I was yeah. like, I'm going to go do things that I want to do because this Hollywood machine it gets you in the end kind of thing. And I love that. He's just like, I'll play that game sometimes if I have to, but I'm also just getting to do me. And I love that. He's like, this is like a fairly small role. Yeah. Like, not a whole he, lot to do. And he underplays and, it too. Like he's exactly, not trying, yeah. he's he's not not trying like to show up anybody over it. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is like, I, I saw like, you know, Hey, this is not a knock to that, that pull quote, but somebody had a pull quote of like, it's this generation's gladiator. It's really not. Um, But you know, he's not doing a commodus thing. You know, he's not like, Oh, the, Right. My, I'm so troubled and vexed by the decisions I have to make as a young king. It's like he shows up in like five scenes, and they're all standalone scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and but again, my my comment is just more like I like that Boyega is really just like charging ahead with what he wants to do as an actor. So we have the the younger generation represented uh, largely by Tuso Med, uh, Tuso Mbedu. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on. Um, Barry Jenkins, The Underground Railroad on Prime. Oh, yes, absolutely, that's right. An absolutely spectacular yeah. series that I I, mm-hmm. I won't I won't forgive for just being kind of dumped on there and not yeah. getting nearly the attention because Jenkins just knows what the hell he's doing and this is an amazing right. show. Right. Um, that said, watching this, I didn't realize that because it's such a you know it's such a different performance compared to the, between the two of them. And, but this is it's a really I thought it was a really strong performance. This young woman um, who's you know putting. 
effort into this kind of whole training stuff, you know, like seeing them, you know, get stronger and become part of the team or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, they're like, you know, a kick-ass warrior, whatnot. Right. What would you guys think of uh, Beidou? I mean, you said it earlier. She's carrying like half the other half of the movie, and she does it very well. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I dug her performance as like this, this you know, fledgling new to flight kind of thing, and then coming into her own. I also dug that again. They didn't really stray off too much with her. Like, sure, she might have like some scenes with um, this Afro Portuguese guy, but at the same time, like, she's down. She she is a warrior, and she chooses that pathway. Did you guys yeah, like that? I, I think, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Bart, but did, did no, you no, guys go like? Ahead, go ahead. Did, did you guys like that plot line? I mean, that they have this so, kind of forbidden romance plot going on. So I, I, I if it would have gone gone further, I would have kind of, eh. but uh-huh. it is what it is. I mean, I feel like they're like, like I said, like in Braveheart or in Gladiator, there are these scenes that I feel like they have to do or like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, or whatever they stick in, and it's it was so short. It's it's yeah. not Titanic, right? But sure. it's it's it was it was small, and you know he you know it's it's a scene that didn't need to happen. You know, obviously they picked a certain guy because he has a six pack, right? Whatever. This is <laughs> like a, also because like you're telling me that you went out for the role. They didn't pick you. <laughs> they didn't he's, pick. he's also light skinned, right? Because he's he's like half yes. the homie. He's got that going. Yeah, on. I thought it was an interesting story line or plot line but i feel like yeah i was kind of like we have to kind of plug something in but then at the very end the very last scene they kind of just kind of go like whatever with that like <laughs> okay we're gonna we're gonna nod you off screen yeah it doesn't hurt that there's like a gender reversal going on too as far sure. as the roles that these two have like you know if it was if it was because it's woman warriors as a focus, you there's a certain right. dynamic that I think right. is different yeah, yeah. than the norm when it comes to this kind of story. Line. Yeah, you don't have Nawi, you know, running under waterfalls telling uh, the guy Malik, "I will find you." Um, but you know, at the same time, uh, I I agree with Marcus that it was enough. But what I dug about, you know, again, if you take uh, the, the viewship of the characters, I dug that they had this character that was there that was half um, Dahomey and then half white. And like what happens in college and when you grow up and start reading things, you're just like, I, I'm accepting the roots that I have here. Like I didn't realize how rich they were. Um, and it was great to have him kind of come to that understanding and be like, slave trading is pretty bad, but at the same time, like I'm kind of conflicted here to some degree. It just wasn't a whole lot, which I'm thankful for. Uh, and I'm glad that that wasn't like a third arc of the movie that was like, sure. Look at this love story. Now it's like, mm, I don't want to see this necessarily. So it was enough. But at the same time, I was like, it added some levity to the storyline too. Uh, but yeah, that guy's like too jacked for like 19 or 1859 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I was like, um, what? He's got a lot of time at sea. He's got to do pull-ups. I, and stuff. I guess. Yeah, he's just doing like a thousand push-ups at sea. He's doing, he's doing CrossFit with the big ropes that they have on those boats. <laughs> Marcus, what, I'm sorry. What did you think of Mbidu here as Nawi? Oh yeah, okay. So I think anybody who can share uh, screen time with Viola Davis, and she's so young and she's just killing it. So I, I, I loved her in this role. Um, but yeah, I, I was like you. I, I was like, where have I, 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 where have I seen her before? But yeah, Underground Railroad. I, I didn't recognize her at first. 
Um, she's put in a great layered performance. And like I said, anybody who can share screen time with Viola Davis and like stand up to, to that level of just acting is fantastic. So going from there, what'd you think of Lashana Lynch's role? So she was my favorite and yeah, for sure. This is how she was written probably to be like, you know, the, 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 the mentor with the heart of gold. Yeah. The mentor, the, you know, wisecracking kind of like, uh, you know, brutish, whatever, you know, but she's just a fantastic actress, Mm -hmm. like in general, she can, she carries, she steals the show at every single point. Um, you, when when a bond needs to happen because you know um, um, the younger uh, woman's uh, family has essentially given up on her, um, she's too stubborn or whatever. Um, the the uh, the, uh, the Lashana Lynch character comes in and not only does what the script says is you know they you know like a tough love kind of whatever but also you see it in her face with her facial reactions mm-hmm. on like uh, I, don't, I forget what her name is but she goes you know it's time to listen to so and so yeah Kasogi and then she goes I'm Kasogi yeah go yep. like go like you can tell in her face that this is this is like one of the best characters in in the story because she's just so like lovable and she's yeah. so yeah, yeah. I just, I, I really did love her in this role. Yeah, she makes the role, she elevates this role. What was great about uh, Lashana Lynch's character, and you know, like Viola Davis is bringing just like excellence to the screen, right? You Gravitas. Her, yeah. yeah, you see her exactly. Like general, I believe it. You know what I mean? Um, and then you have like um, Duso, who's like you know a young sapling. Lashana Lynch has like so much charisma on the screen. And when yeah. you're watching it, and or at least for me, I was like, I fucking see why she's 007. And I would love <laughs> to see more of her as 007. Like, she gets some, again, everybody here gets a scene where they're kicking some ass. And when she gets her scene, I was like, yeah, I, I was I was hoping that maybe you would just, like, you know, um, pull a, a scars guard and, like, bite somebody's neck and drink their blood. But uh, at the same time, I was just one like, of those classic moves where you can't wait to see in movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now that I've seen it in one movie, it has to be in every. Movie. <laughs> Everybody needs to be a Viking. <laughs> uh, no, but she she's very charismatic. She's again, like you guys mentioning there, she's she's just got a lot going for her because she has to play, um, uh, you know, lieutenant slash like uh, caregiver. But I dug her on the screen, and again, like when she's ass kicking, she's ass kicking, dude. Uh, and I, I really dug it. And again, I was just really blown away. I, I was just really hoping that there was more 007 in her future, which I don't think that there is, but would have been great. I mean, she's got the Marvel movies to... to is uh, she in the Marvel movies now? She's in Captain Marvel. Yeah. She's, she's oh. her best. She's her Monica Rambo, right? She's her best friend. Or what's her oh, name? Okay. Monica Rambo. Or what, she's one of the Rambos. She, she's Rambo's daughter? Maria no. Rambo. No, she's because she's the mother. She's, she's the, the mother. mother. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Maria Rambo. And she was, you know, she was Captain Marvel in Doctor Strange. She was the, the Illuminati version of Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, I, you know, I like, I, I agree with you guys as far as I like how this movie is positioning multiple people to right. like have big star moments. Like, it's one thing to be, you know, the movie's advertised as Viola Davis is the woman king. 
Right. Uh, but you have these rich supporting roles that I think are just really well drawn. And yes, mm-hmm. there's Ogi, like the character's designed to be this just ball of charisma as far as, you know, she has like sharpened nails. He's digging out people's eyes in battle, <laughs> but she's also like cracking jokes <laughs> like back in training really? camp. Uh, like there's a lot of fun there that I think uh, does the film well. I think it's part of it's part of the aspect that makes this movie crowd pleasing because you yeah. have someone like this who, you know, the mm-hmm. arcs that these characters go through. You care about the stakes. You care about what, you know, what's at risk when these people go out there. Because it's like, right. well, I don't know if Viola Davis, you know, Viola Davis may or may not be the most safe person in this cast. I don't know about the rest of these people. <laughs> like, I don't know right, what's going to happen. Yeah. And I do think by right. having, you know, drawing out, you know, even with like uh, Nawi and like the other trainer, the trainees, like, you know, I, I don't know where they're all going to go. Like, you know, how, how many of them are going to fit, how they're all going to fare in the right. middle of battle. So by having, you know, cool characters like Azogi, yeah, it's a good it's yeah. a good fit that Lynch does a good job with. Right. Um, I think the same, a lot of similar things can be said about uh, Sheila, a team yeah. um, who plays mm-hmm. like, basically like Viola Davis is like second in command, right? She's like the one yeah. that's like right there next to her. Right. And like, it's less of a, it's not a comedic role in the same way that LaShawn Lynch is, is, but I do think the, the sort of the confidant aspect of her just being right there on Viola Davis's side and the things that we learn about their friendship, as far as how like, you know think when we get more backstory on these people right uh, right. i I do think it it adds enough where you like you also care about this person like there's enough reason for you to like just be on the side of all of these people yeah yeah she does a good job with that as well yeah sheila uh plays character uh amenza um my favorite character aside from uh viola davis yeah okay i mean i i like lashana lynch too but i because this character has like what you said there she's basically like the literal right hand of of viola davis so she has to share a lot of like emotional beats but she's also like the most spiritual person in this group too so she's got like Mm -hmm. that going for her um and so when she carries herself like on the battlefield you're like what aaron mentioned earlier i think what all of us felt like if somebody's going like you know that not all these people can make it right uh so it's like oh you're you actually get emotionally tied to some of these people. And because she has uh, a really good uh, scene with Viola Davis, where Viola Davis is, is going full on actor or um, Oscar winner mode. I was like, Oh wow. You know, this is a really effective scene and I'm really feeling for these two people. And now they mean more to me as this movie progresses. Cause that was only like, what maybe like there's still like 40 more minutes of movie when they have that. So pretty good or at least like 35 more minutes of movie. Uh, yeah yeah there's, yeah there's a chunk left yeah yeah so you know i thought that she was great and i licked her up and i was like oh she was just in pinocchio yeah she's a saw. brief she's a brief scene as the teacher walking as the, the kids teacher i know no she's probably she's she's a doctor strange also she's like a friend of wong's who's in the whole battle with um, right. scarlet like, witch right and she's also she's the trainer for Halle Berry in the movie she directed last year, the boxing movie. She's like her trainer. She's the, she's her Mickey. Oh, I didn't know that. Movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. So she's been popping up more recently. Did, uh, I believe she's. Was that a good movie? I think the, the movie. I think okay. it would be yeah. solid. I don't think it's great, but I think it's solid. Yeah. And, okay. You know, as a directorial debut for Barry and like a good performance driven yeah. thing, it's good stuff yeah. there. Um. What else? What else is going on? This I, I like the score quite a bit. Terrence Blanchard coming in, so I'm not going to be disappointed mm-hmm. by that. It's just you know, it's a good sounding movie. Yeah. Um, and again, for a movie you know made on a modest you know budget, like fifty million, it's a good looking film. Like they filmed in yeah. South Africa for the most part, right. and it like I it's the kind of movie where 
especially like this where you get away from like you get away from like marvel and how movies like have this color correction thing to make them basically look blander yes. yeah like as one who's been to south africa it's like this looks like africa like it's it's not right. like it, the, the skies look like african skies like it's cool to see like a movie that's not so processed and instead just feels natural right and i think yeah. you know that go that can go a long way when you have a movie that's doing that as well as having you know elaborate costumes and everything like that so yeah i, I appreciated the look of this film quite a bit. totally the comment i was gonna make is around the costumes as well i thought costume design in here was excellent um mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of like different looks that all these uh women warrior get but then there's also like just scenes where they're just wearing like gold bangles and whatever else like you know as viola davis uh is just relaxing like this looks great. Like this is all really well done. Yeah. I can't remember which comedian. It might have been like either Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle was just like, just uh, black people with gold on just looks great. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> when you say that, I forget who said it, but it was like, it's, it's like it's actually it does funny. look very good. I'll note that the cinematographer for this movie is Polly Morgan, who did both A Quiet Place Part Two and That's Right, Abe, awesome. where the crawdads sing. Wow, really? Okay. Crawdads I mean, was a good looking movie. I was like, I was like, that was like the least of my problems. With credit credit words too. That movie looked good. I mean, it, it used the swap yeah. plans well. It looked good. They had, yeah, they had like beautiful cinematography in that movie. Yeah, but not, you know, that, I, that wasn't I, an issue with it. Yeah, yeah, that was not the issue. <laughs> it's just, I was just looking at the notes. It's like, oh, it's the same, same movie. Got that, Sony, got that Sony money. Got that Sony money right there. Uh, yeah, I'm glad, to, I'm glad that they've got that going for them. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think in sometimes in these action, uh, movies it's the the scenes where nobody's moving and they're just kind of having a conversation look kind of different than the scenes with a lot of action or maybe like the action sequences aren't as good as the 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 static sequences or the static sequences are kind of just jarringly like we're just waiting for another action sequence to come on but they look great both both anytime you know like like you said aaron um there's not a a ton of action when you when you you know in the trailer there's tons of action but there's like three big giant action mm-hmm. sequences mm-hmm. when we get to those kind of smaller moments and and whatever they still look great it's basically two people talking in the dark under like candlelight or under moonlight yeah. or whatever or you get and they of look like fr- fantastic you get scenes in like the like halls with like all the wives and John Boyega right. wearing whatever like fancy costume he's got on that day, mm-hmm. uh, like just sitting in a in a room that's like orange, and it's like this looks great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does. Like, yeah. I mean, it yeah. still conveys like a sense of like uh, of regalness as well. Sure, for sure. I, I dug that. You know, I was thinking about um, Black Panther as well as watching this movie, and I they definitely have like different uh, styles. Yeah, but I still dug that Boyega still has like this command uh, on the screen sure. as a yeah. king, and I really dug that line that he gives to his old buddy, and he's like, you know, when you leave here, I don't have to treat you like anything because I'm still gonna be a king. And I was like, this is a fucking baller ass line. I like I, he says that he has another line to him where he's like, you speak, you can speak my language when you're in my king, right? Like yeah. it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's like, again, there's like it's still while quote unquote it might not look like much but it's actually a huge kingdom that they have here it's, it's really uh you guys were mentioning this too like the background extras the way that the village is set up you like, like everyone's uh-huh. trading in the morning and it's well done like it we talk about like how pixar has come a long way in terms of background characters and whatever else totally agree with aaron that uh some of the marvel stuff when you're watching you're just like i can see people milling around 
it doesn't feel organic but this one actually feels organic it's like as if it, it looks worse now because they're like overworking for the, them for so the much stuff? for the mcu stuff yeah because mm-hmm. they're overworking the you know the different visual fx houses so much so it's just like either incomplete or just it's not you know it's never half-assed it's still 200 million million dollar movies but right it could look better like i was watching i'm not saying this looks spectacular but i was watching captain america the first avenger the other day like the early half which rules um and it's just so stylish with joe johnston like going for that retro look and everything and it just feels like there's life taking place yeah thor is like the opposite because thor is like oh this town in new mexico with four people in it i can't hope we save it (laughs) i mean (laughs) like we can also all reference you know just them going to like what a god city or whatever it's like what is this so oh yeah anyway so this movie opened to 19 million uh, this weekend um you know we're a far cry away for something like braveheart or gladiator gladiator which was like the number one film of that summer Mm -hmm. um and i think i I think it's perfect storm then gladiator as far as the movies that made the most that's but regardless this movie opened 19 million now that's not like you know a barn burn it's not blowing the doors up anything but it's still respectable for an original movie like this Mm -hmm. Uh, to open that way. It certainly has the chance to run with that for a while because it had an A-plus cinema score. Uh, Yeah, great. That, along with strong reviews, that's going to help. That's going to help kind of move it along as it it has a couple months before, you know, anything huge comes along to kind of go to, you know, something very similar that can kind of claim the same kind of bucks. Um, It's interesting because, you know, we're at a time where people just don't go to the same kind of movies they used to, like with something like Gladiator. So I'd be curious how those movies would do these days, these kind of historic. Wait, we saw that last year with The Last Duel, right? That was a huge thing where The Last Duel, great movie, didn't make any money, you know? Yeah, got nominated nominated for some Academy Awards. People were like, what? Yeah. Uh, This movie had to be shopped around to different studios to uh, find home at at, at Sony. It's Even then, it still has like, there's like three different production companies that were all involved in this thing before. Yeah, I saw that in the production or in the titles. Yeah. Yeah. My comment on that is that there is, um, it's tough because yes, we've all sort of like conditioned ourselves to go see these larger MCU movies. Yeah, yeah, or whatever else. All these things that have like IP already established, so we're just going to go see it. And, And all these marketers and, I'm sorry, all these studios are uh, knowledgeable about this, so they're going to do things like part twos of things that we saw like 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and I forget what Scott Mendelson from the show was writing like one day where he, he compared a movie from like the 1980s or whatever else. He's like, that movie also made like $150 million when it opened up, but you know, today it would make like what the woman King made, which is like 19 million. Um, and it's unfortunate mm-hmm. because people will actually want to see these movies, but I understand the pandemic is one thing where people might not want to go out to go to theater, to go see things. But at the same time, you know, I don't even in full on blown mode, like this movie, if pre pandemic, I, I don't think that it would have made like $50 million at the box office. It would have no. probably made like a good chunk more than 19, but it's unfortunate that again, Aaron and I say this all the time, like the way that you see more movies like this is you vote with your dollars and mm-hmm. people are not really voting with their dollars necessarily. And it, it, it is a bummer because this is a movie that I think what all of us use the term is crowd pleasing. So mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that that, and like what we talked about on our special last week, Aaron barbarian 
is also not really doing that well. But these are like really fun movies. No, Barbarian, Barbarian. I mean, it's I know what you're saying. Yeah. Barbarian for the kind of movie it is, for the budget <laughs> it's at, for the time right. of year it's coming out, it's doing well. Like it's not, yeah. you know, it's not, it's right. it's a cheap movie. So it's like it totally. has that coming yeah. for it already. Right. And again, like I there is a positive here. Like, yes, it's not making the kind of money movie money that movies like this would have used to have made. Right, right. But the fact that it did open number one this weekend to 19 million and it's gonna hold it's gonna have legs. Yeah. That's not nothing. That is yeah, that's exactly. something to look at as a positive as a win essentially. Totally. But, yeah. But you're you're exactly right as far as what audience are choosing to do. And it's kind of a shame on the audience where a lot of it comes down to them saying they want movies like this, something original, right. something entertaining, right. something that's not that's you know not building off of something else but being its own thing. But then they don't see those movies. They go and see the things they're doing exactly the opposite of what they're saying right. they want, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah, and I you know like look on IMDb, this movie has like a um... don't even get started on IMDb. Like, want, I know, I know. If you want, if you want, if you want a definition of racism, look at IMDb. I, yeah, <laughs> I, know, I totally understand. Essentially, like my point about that is like it's fairly low for the A plus Cinema Score rating. Right. My point is just more that it's unfortunate that you're gonna you know. People do say like, well, you know, why do we have to go see all these movies like Transformers or these MCU movies or whatever the case is? Like, why can't we have like a good drama anymore? And you'll go see this movie and all of a sudden it's going to be like, well, this movie is a little bit too, quote unquote, woke for my taste. It's like, bro, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, fucking go watch old movies from like the 80s and 70s that, that you grew up with then. You know what I mean? Like. You don't have to agree with every movie at the same time. Like you can't be like every movie is not going to be geared towards you anyway. Right. So it's unfortunate that there's review bombing like this going on too. Right. That's what I was going to say. I said, I I feel like there is this other thing that's happening where there's people with nefarious, you know, whatever that are pushing movies like this off the radar for a lot of people before they even have a chance to even check it out. Maybe, you know, in a vacuum, this movie does, a lot more sales but Mm -hmm. you know because of the anti-woke movement or whatever or you know you have uh, something with an all-female cast and all black cast or whatever it is you know they're not going to get the same dollars as free guy or something that maybe marketed to similar crowds or we need to, we need to make this a bit clear though the, so, the things you're saying as far no. as like anti-woke bobs or whatever you those don't have an effect on box office those are those are minority groups that are you're right you're right and they're effect. usually uh, you I, I feel like i feel like they could but after the fact it's i feel act, like they like it, it's my an point effect. yeah it's, my point earlier was correct. a little bit just more and this is actually a good one that we're going on but again my earlier <laughs> point was just more that um, we all are clamoring for like movies that we want to see that are different from quote unquote the status quo of today. Sure. But sometimes that becomes a little bit too divisive sometimes. And people are like, well, it's not really what I wanted to see. It's like, I don't know, man, like studios can't always cater to your needs specifically. You know what I mean? Um, but again, the review bombing, go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And that, and when you, mm-hmm. the thing to point out is that a plus cinema score, that's people that saw the movie, right? And that's not a right. specific. That's not a specific group of people that saw the movie. That is a random poll that takes people that actually right. watched the movie and gave their honest opinion on it. That's compared to something like IMDb, which had a ton of those one out of ten ratings sure, before sure. the movie even came out. I mean, it's it's this kind of thing where it, the people that are the people that are seeing these movies. That's the general audience. That's the audience that matters. If you want to see what the actual opinion is on something like this, here, review bombing yeah. is the review bombing. 
is what it is, but it's also negligible. It's not something that's actually like. But you don't you don't think like, it has any kind of effect on to, to not, not, like the I second it, week or the third week or any kind of longevity in. in I don't. I not not in a way that's okay. that's meaningful to the amount of money being made. Like okay. there, you know, is there, you know, a dozen less people that might see something because you know one guy's racist and convince other people not to? <laughs> sure, okay, that's a dozen people. That's not a lot. I feel like people can I, get galvanized I, by one or two people for sure, I but mean, not to not to not to. It's a not as though it hasn't happened in the history of the United not States. Not to a degree that's detrimental. And I can, I mean, there's easy examples. Why look at the very right. number of movies that feature that that feature you know uh, people of color or women or what have you in these giant blockbusters that still make money. No, even totally. Despite, yeah. despite the various quote unquote movements to push something against it no totally like, and, and no 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 what, no, I, what I appreciate about the woman king is that a lot of critics have come out and said like this is a great movie a lot of audiences have said that this is a great movie uh, you know to your point about cinema score what i think maybe marcus uh is sort of leaning toward is like i don't think that he appreciates when and aaron i think you are saying this too mm-hmm. i don't think we i don't think we appreciate when movies undeservedly get bombed because there's like something very specific around this think ghostbusters with the all-female cast there's like yeah pre-watching it i'm gonna like nobody should go see this movie because this is not ghostbusters and then again with women king like what you guys are saying like well it's an all uh people of color cast it's like well no nobody should go see this because like it's being racist or it's like no man like art is subjective go see it if you don't like it you don't like it but you do have to right. see it first like in full, right? And and that's sort of like the unfortunate part is I agree that um, the galvanization thing, it might not be a whole lot of people, but it also is like the major thorn that people pick up on. They're just like, this guy said this. It's like, that's like one one critic out of like hundreds of critics. That's unfortunately that's, he becomes like the loudest voice, which is unfortunate. There, well, that's the, the I other, feel like, that's the other problem is that the trades pick this stuff and treat it like it's bigger than it right. is. Right, that they, is they, very they pick true. up these stories that. and they put it in headlines and they make right. it bigger than it ever needed to be to begin with, as opposed to just ignoring it. Right. Something like right. like uh, what you just mentioned, the movie you just mentioned, uh, Ghostbusters or Ocean's Eight for that matter. That's right. Yeah. Uh, those movies were hits. I mean, they like Ghostbusters didn't do nearly as well as they would have wanted, but it wasn't because like a couple, tr- you know, some trolls online said a thing. Yeah. This is the movie cost too much money. Like, they, they shouldn't have made it a, a $150 Ghostbusters, $150 million Ghostbuster movie to begin with. You make something that's cheaper, mm-hmm. like the new one that they just made that sucked. Uh, but, um, <laughs> right. It's <laughs> like Ocean's 8 has a ridiculous number of thumbs downs on YouTube for its trailer. That movie was a hit. Yeah. No, no, I didn't stop yeah. it. You know, people, people claiming they they hated the trailer and they hated the idea that there's a, a woman cast of for Oceans Eight. They didn't stop people from seeing Oceans Eight. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, these are these are factors that really hurt these movies. It's just this, yes, but it, but the kind of the publicity that goes I, around it, it's not right. helpful. I don't. It's not you know, it's not. Hurting, I just, I, but but yeah. it's, I feel like there's it's, a that, reason that being a part why... of the conversation doesn't you know it's unnecessary to make it that part of that big of a conversation. Okay. Yeah. No, I feel, I feel you're coming. I, I feel like there's a reason why this movie wasn't put closer to like, I don't know if this is even back in your mind or anything, but it put closer to like Wakanda forever um, or released uh, because I feel like it would have gotten a lot of pre preemptive similarity kind of things because it's two black, two black movies that are coming out simultaneously, even though they're, two different mm-hmm. things and so you have to kind of put a movie like this in a certain spot where 
um, it may not get, and, and it did make nineteen million dollars. I mean, that's big for for a movie that has. And it's no, also you know it cut there's whatever. Like so yeah, many, it is big. There's so many factors with this kind of thing. Where like Sony has sure. other things. You know, they had to have right. Morbius come out, so they put it out in April. They had to have Where the Crawdads. They had it come out big, twice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to, to hilarious, <laughs> hilarious amounts of success. Um, I mean, you know, it, it, September is a, a fertile ground because there aren't a lot of big movies that come out. So why right. not put it here? If there's been success sure. in recent years because Marvel put out Shang-Chi and Warner Brothers had two ginormous it movies come out in the recent times in September. It's like there, there's so many factors that play as to why it gets in a certain place. And plus, you know, it's just, just a smaller movie. So you can only put so much, you can't put as much advertising behind this as you can behind Free yeah. Guy. I mean, there's only so much you can do sometimes, along with the fact that, yeah, it is a historical epic, which doesn't tend to do that well these days, featuring mm-hmm. a black woman cast. Mm-hmm. The okay. reality is that it's just not automatically going to be a huge yeah. hit. Like, yeah, it, it, I, I hear you. I mean, especially like on that first part of just like sword and sandal stuff. It's like, yeah, those haven't really made a whole lot since like the 50s. So you put it in this kind of, you know, kind of Oscar zone but it's also this mm-hmm. kind of empty zone. So there's nothing to challenge it as far as, comp- you know, box office competition goes. Okay. Put it, you know, put the ads up as much as you can, which I saw them all summer. I mean, it couldn't miss yeah. the trailers for the woman King. And right. here you go. And ideally yeah. it legs it out and makes it, you know, a good chunk of change. So we can get woman King too, King harder. Uh, still King. King harder. Still gigging it. <laughs> Fair enough. But this yeah. time they meet a predator. and then they, have, they have tea with the red woman King too, back in the crown. <laughs> back in the crowd yeah. um speaking of oscar potential yeah uh what you guys see any uh prospects for this film anything you you think would be highlighted come oscar season possible but like what you said here and what what you and marcus have said it's a september movie we just talked about the fablemans and we all like if you so much gush over the fablemans like there's a lot of, of contenders coming up this there are. holiday season it's going to be hard to like, I hope that this movie has legs because I think Viola Davis could possibly be nominated. Um, I think some of the technical things could also be nominated. Yeah, sure. But Cost- know, it looks some, great. Like we said, yeah. Yeah. Something like cinematography or even mm-hmm. like, um, what you call it? Um, again, I wish that they had two sound categories, but the sound editing is actually really good in this movie. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, when they're in like in the, in the, the bathing river and whatever else, like there's really good sound the the creation of the sound is really good and sure. it's unfortunate now that it's being blended into one but you know it could be a non different sound um but i i i hope that there's some love for it i don't know how much of it there's going to be but there could be something there no well, you know strong reviews oscars tend to like the people that they give oscars to so davis is you know certainly friendly to the oscar game mm-hmm. so well you know we'll see what happens yeah all of the others, you know, Lashana Lynch gives a memorable supporting performance. Yeah. It has all the kind of ingredients of that kind of thing as far as like mentor figures go. Right. But we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. But we yeah. certainly like the movie. When should people go and see this movie? Marcus, when should people see The Woman King? I think that you should see it on the best, uh, the, 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 I guess the highest priced uh, uh, ticket you can. Um, but yeah, I saw it in uh, like Dolby, you know, the big, the, the one where it says uh, <laughs> the previews go even more black, 
or whatever, you know. Um, oh, so you, that's it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you went full on. So you, so you, so you yeah. opened, you opened your phone, you put the selfie part on. It's like, yep, I'm in the right place. Black enough. Yeah. <laughs> the blacks are more black. Yeah. Blacks yeah, are more black. It said the yeah, the Dolby screen. It said the blacks are even the blacker. Dolby screen. And then, and then for some reason, like, why is there a live camera pointed at Marcus? That's <laughs> So that's yeah, so, when you yeah. tell people to see it. Okay, got it. Yeah, you know you're in the right place. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you're on Star Tours now, and they're like, "Here's the spy," and it points to one of the people in the in the in the in the chairs. It, it, that's what it did for you watching the Woman King. Like, see, look how black it is. Hundred percent. Abe, how about you? Would you? The boy, would you? Know? <laughs> I I did not see it in a Dolby Atmos uh, theater. But um, I would highly recommend this as a theater movie for sure. I mean, I think there's a lot more to it than the trailers are giving on, which is great. Um, But I also think that the performances really, really do carry you through the movie. Um, And, you know, there's not a whole lot of movies these days where you're just like, oh, these performances, like I'm 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 hoping that everybody makes it through. You know, you don't really get a whole lot of that um, these days. Yeah, usually when Abe's always like, I want to see all these people die. It's classic. Well, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> again, what I'm getting to is like, I actually would love to see that. But what I'm getting to is like, you always see the, the last thing of like Thor will return. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's, there's never a finality to it. I hear what you say for sure. And I, I agree. Um, and I also agree that this should be seen in theaters. It's a solid, it's a, just a really rock solid crowd pleasing movie that mm-hmm. puts some light on a area of culture that I don't think a lot of people are familiar with. Got great performances. Looks great. I mean, there's, I, like I, I'm, I'm happy for all involved as far as making a really good movie. I, I look forward to whatever Gina Prince Brightwood does next because you know she's been directing some great movies between this and Love and Basketball and Beyond the Lights, and I really like the Old Guard. So I mean, yeah, more power it's to everybody cool. involved. Yeah, what's cool is that I thought her last name was uh, Gina Prince by the Wood, but I guess Blythe would make sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, good movie. Check it out. Uh, all right, so. Let's move on now. Abe, what it's I... over, right? No, it's not over. What, <laughs> Abe, what, what time is it now? Aaron, it's time for a quick game here. <laughs> Little known fact, Aaron actually optioned that noise, that musical cue to be played whenever John Boyega shows up on screen. But the editor was like, no, thanks. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. So wait, uh, wait, do you do you are you like pressing buttons? I I I was so I'm always so checked out by this point that I thought that this was the same theme every time. But Mar- are you Mark, like actually, Marcus, like, Marcus, every every week, these are all every, different. Every week for for ten for eleven years, <laughs> eleven. I I pound. I'm, I'm putting my heart am, into these different compositions. Completely entirely different. Into these different. At numbers. this point, I'm I'm staring at a point on the wall, and I'm just like. <laughs> Thinking of a happier place. Every know, week so. they're different. The, the, the little thing you don't know, the first the first two minutes of this show between Abe and I, entirely recorded. <laughs> we, we don't we don't even enter the show until three minutes in. We just, okay, put, right. we just press play on a tape. <laughs> How do we update the audio the, the episode number and the title? It's a mystery to us. But it's, wow, it happens by I, magic. But the um, game portion, heart and soul into every bandit. This is very inside baseball. I, I don't. Oh my god. Um, okay. I feel like I'm behind the curtain right now. 
Well, that's enough stalling from Marcus uh, because now it's time for games and I have a game for you guys this week. It's called It's Good to Be the King. Oh. I have a game here where I'm going to read taglines from movies and all of these movies involve either a king or a queen. Okay. And you have to guess what movie I'm referring to based Sounds on the good. tagline. I've made this okay. seemingly extra hard. <laughs> so extra we'll hard. Oh, thanks. We'll see. Because I'm reading some of these. I'm like, oh, that's easy. And then I'm like, oh, this one seems pretty hard. So let's see how let's see how we do though. Great. I'll give, I'll give additional hints if I need to. Um, all right. Here's the first one. If you think you know the answer, buzz in with your name. Uh, this one has two. So I'll read the first one here. There can be no triumph without loss, no victory without suffering, no freedom without sacrifice. Oh. And as king or queen in the title? Just, just involved in the movie. Oh. Involved in the movie. Abe. They probably would have never done it if it did king or queen in the title. <laughs> but, um, Abe. 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 Braveheart? Incorrect. Mm, okay. I'm going to read the second tagline. This Christmas, the journey ends. Oh, Abe. Abe? I mean, I guess Marcus can go. Marcus, do you have any idea? Uh, no, I was going to go, but Abe, you can go, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I'm just trying to play fair. You, you came in first. <laughs> what is it, Abe? The go Lord ahead. of the Rings, colon, the return of the king. That is correct. You're on the board. You should give that point to Marcus because he let me have it. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he, he was going to say it if you did. That was I was happen. about to say it. That was going to happen. The full title. Full. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the next one. This is where we fight. This is where they die. Hmm. This one has a second one, too. Uh-huh. Okay. You ready for it? Yeah. Yeah. Tonight, we dine in hell. Oh, my gosh, Abe. Abe? 300. It is 300. Yeah. And you chose the right one. <laughs> what was the second one called? 300 plus one? Rise of an Empire. Oh, plus, yeah, yeah plus right. colon plus one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Here's the next one. Tradition prepared her. Change will define her. Marcus? Marcus. The queen? It is the queen. Wow. On the board. Oh, yes. There yes. You go. All, you, all, all of that love you have for the royal family is finally I'm paying. Still off. in mourning. Yes. <laughs> yes. Still in mourning. You're still in mourning of the very unlikely yes. death of a 96 year old woman of natural causes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, did not see that coming. All right. Here's the next one. An epic of miniature proportions. Miniature. Uh, uh, Abe. Abe. Gulliver's Travels. What? I mean, no. Please, please let that be it. It's a good, it's a good guess, right? <laughs> is, is there are there kings and queens in that? I don't know. I'm just thinking of Jack Black. You know, probably right. I think I like you thinking specifically of the Jack Black version. Yeah. <laughs> is there another version? Yeah, there are other versions. It's like there's like a TV version of Ted Danson. Yeah, I know. That's oh, also geez. the and the Jack Black versions. That that's the reason that um, what's her name, um. The other Rebecca, uh, J- John Krasinski's wife, oh, <laughs> Emily uh, Blunt. Yeah, Rebecca. Emily yeah, yeah, Blunt. That's why she. That's why she's not in Marvel movies because she had to do reshoots for, for, for Gulliver's oh, Travels. Wow. Gulliver's Travels. No. She, she was not. She's not Black Widow because she had to do reshoots for Gulliver's Travels. Oh, ouch! An epic of miniature proportions. This is an animated film. Oh, oh, hmm. Miniature proportions. 
animated film. Uh, hmm. Marcus. Nineties. And yep, yeah, Marcus. Osmosis Jones. Wow. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> no. No. Unfortunately. <laughs> this is a 90s movie yeah 90s movie um miniature mm, miniature 90s movie animated you said animated i say hmm. abe abe fern gully the last rainforest incorrect but you're oh. on the right track okay. so it deals with smog okay no <laughs> <laughs> this is a um, cg animated movie CG animated movie from the 90s, but not freaking Gully, the last miniature proportions. I don't know. This is a re it's a reimagining of films such as Seven Samurai or Magnificent Seven. Oh my gosh. Now I'm gonna be mad at myself. Oh, um Marcus. Marcus. Wait, what no, I'm not thinking of the right one. Is it uh is it, <laughs> is it uh uh there's no kings in is there is it Fievel? It's is it, it Fievel that classic West? that classic CG animated movie Fievel goes less featuring all there's those kings and queens. <laughs> I'm <Remember> trying to <laughs> the answer is a bug's life. Oh was that okay. the 90s? Was that what? Yeah, uh, that was like was 90, that 98, right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Like the last day of the night. <laughs> the last. It was actually on, another year before we got scared of Y2K, but yeah. I'm on the board. Here's the next there one. You go. <laughs> two, two for this one as well, but here's the okay. first one. Some journeys take us far from home. Some adventures lead us to our destiny. The, that's one, one of, that's a singular one of the That's one tagline, yes. Yeah. Some journeys take <laughs> us far from home. Some adventures lead us to our destiny. I'm going to read the other tagline. Okay, all right. The White Witch Cometh. I am the white witch. That should be a giveaway. Uh, I, I feel like that's like you're <laughs> winking at me right now through the, the thing. I am. I'm winking hard. Yeah. The white witch cometh. I mean, Abe. Abe. Snow White and the Huntsman. Incorrect. Mm, it's probably the, same, the sequel. Uh, Marcus. All, yes. Maleficent. Oh, <laughs> incorrect. Is there, is there no? Abe. You okay. both guess. So I'm just going to give you the answer. Yeah. The answer is the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay. Oh. All right. The White Witch. Yeah. With that's someone maybe... with those white kids going to closet, right? <laughs> yeah, the white kids go to the closet. Our <laughs> Kelly's. Right I mean, yeah. If you had mentioned, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you had mentioned Turkish, uh, Turkish delight, I would have gotten it. Yeah. Well, you both guessed. I did want to belabor this Fair. after yeah. after the 20 minutes okay. we spent on the Bugs Life. <laughs> you should have done voices. Here's the next one. What what voices am I going to do for Flick. the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? <laughs> Yeah, you do your best, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Okay. <laughs> Here's the next one: a world where heroes come in all sizes, and adventure is the greatest magic of all. Uh, Abe. Abe. Ponyo. What kings are Ponyo? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She's a princess. Is that a king or a queen? <laughs> She's got to have parents. <laughs> got to have parents. <laughs> Actually, is what's his name? Is Liam Neeson Liam as David Neeson. Bowie God? Is he is he supposed to be a king or a queen? Maybe he's, it's not know. Ponyo. What else do we got? You've a convinced me where... it's Ponyo. <laughs> a world me. where heroes come in all sizes and adventure is the greatest magic of them all. <laughs> Go There's ahead, no Marcus. Honey, I, I, I already used my guess. I don't know. 
jeez. Sizes, you say? Mm-hmm. Um, all sizes. All. All, diff- all of them. All different sizes. No, the David Bowie guy is like, a, he's like a wizard scientist. <laughs> That's his thing. <laughs> what you get, Marcus? Kanye no rocks. Okay, the yeah, answer is Willow. Does. Willow is the oh. answer. Oh. Mad Bot okay. again. Mad Bot again. <laughs> no. that, that which i mean like pg-13 movies used to be pretty scary <laughs> willow 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 sounds like the, he, it's pg that's a pg movie. oh it's pg wow oh wow it's yeah it's, yeah it's even it's yeah there are there was a pg-13 too but it's like no it's pg yeah um yeah you know, willow sounds like he, he could like start off a heavy metal like hair band song Mad again! <laughs> <laughs> I can are you ready? Mad again! yeah kevin polish playing drums Exactly. He's in the new one. He's in the series. Is he really? Yeah, he's back. I saw he's in the trailer for it. I was okay. like, oh, cool. They got Kevin Pollock back. Hard get. <laughs> um, okay, next yeah, one. what's he doing? Podcasting? You're going so slow on these games. <laughs> but, uh, okay. The greatest adventure of all is finding our place in the circle of life. Marcus. Marcus? Uh, the Lion King. Good job. You're- That'd be hilarious if it wasn't. I was waiting for the show. The Lion King 2. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You guys are tied two to two. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Serious game now. One behind me. Uh-oh. Okay. Here's the next one. <laughs> no hammer. No problem. What? No hammer. No problem. I mean, I'm thinking of the MCU, but are they clever enough to do that kind of tagline? I guess they Occam's are. Razor. Abe? Abe? Thor Ragnarok? That is correct. Yes. Really? Oh. Yeah, he loses his hammer. Spoiler alert. Yeah. There's no, there's no problem. Yeah. Okay, this tagline sucks, but I'm still going to do it because the okay. other one didn't have a tagline. Find your strength, face your fears. That does suck. Is there yeah, another one? Uh, <laughs> uh, there's not, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so we uh, have to go with find this your fate. This, this is a, I'm going to say this. This is a highly anticipated. This was a highly anticipated animated sequel. Sequel. Find your uh, strengths uh, and what? Face your fears. Man. Find um, your strengths, face your fears. Highly anticipated sequel. Was the King Anim- of Scotland a sequel? Animated sequel. Last King of Scotland. Abe, Abe, the Page Master Part Two. Okay, so this is a real movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not just ones that I make up in my head. A highly anticipated animated sequel. Has a king or a queen in it? Yeah. It, it is also a musical. Okay. Uh... Can, I, can I hear the tagline one more time? I, I don't think it will help. Find your strength, face your fears. Got it. Okay. Will there be a third one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what a tease. <laughs> what? Find your strength, face your fears, highly anticipated second animated sequel. Animated musical sequel. It made ducats of money. Oh my gosh. Like they just handed over money. Like look at all this money we have. Abe? Abe? I mean, I guess Marcus already didn't go, but No Me and Juliet too? It made ducats of money. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
And it was highly anticipated. Not, I guess we made another one of these. (laughs) Sonic 2. (laughs) James McAvoy is Uh, proud of that movie. Musical. Musical. From a major studio that makes animated musicals. Animated musicals. What would that studio be? (laughs) I mean, it's got to be Disney. What kinds of animated movies do they tend to make? Monsters Inc. Monsters University. I know that's what I was thinking. I was like, Monsters, they, what? but there's well, no Kings a, and Queens. That's a prequel. <laughs> yeah, oh, but you know, what kinds of movies does this uh-huh. animated studio tend to make? That when it comes to musicals, I mean, animal musicals. What do, kind of characters are in these movies? You know, like mice and dogs that <laughs> drive cars. Dude, this is gonna take ten hours. Frozen Two is the answer. I mean, nobody oh. likes, nobody princesses. Cares. I was going for princesses. They make princess <laughs> movies. <it>. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's a two more. All right, let's go. The party oh, that God. started a revolution. Ooh, uh, the huh. party that started a revolution. There's a second tagline. Uh huh. Okay. Let the meek cake. Let the meek cake. Jesus, let them eat. Cake. <laughs> okay, because no, the audio like glitched for a moment. <laughs> the audio glitched for a moment. I was like, "What a clever, quote unquote, clever tagline!" Like the meek, let the meek cake. And I was like, "All right, that's." I like this new part of games where I have just disdain. <laughs> so I try to like get through these with you guys. Um, Abe, Abe, Alexander, the no good, horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. Well, that was a lot of ways to be wrong. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, you know, you got to shoot your shot, Marcus. There's a king in that movie? You know, you know. He's, uh, he's, I feel like Let the Meat Cake should be a pretty damn good hit since what imagining this Imagining things. Uh, I don't know. What, the is, one who got beheaded. Uh, Antoinette. Is there, there was that movie, right? Antoinette. Marie you Antoinette. full title for me? I do. Uh, Sophia Coppola's. Gonna... You're onto something. <laughs> uh, I don't know the title. What is the, what's the title? Give me a half point. Yeah, I think Marcus gets that. Okay, point. Marcus gets a half a point. It's Marie Antoinette. Yeah, yeah, that one. Two point five for Marcus. One day you're defending the whole galaxy. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you're having tea with Marie Antoinette and her sisters. Luckily, point a half a point is still just enough for this to be a tie game, meaning that this last one <laughs> could break the tie. All right, let's do this. Uh, right, Let Marcus. them fight. That's the title? That's the uh, tagline? Yes. Let them fight. It's got a king and queen in it? A king or a queen in it. Let them fight. Marcus. Marcus. Uh, didn't he say that in the king speech? Like, he just said, let them <laughs> Let them fight. Is that, are, you asking, are you asking? That's what I'm are you going asking with that the king's speech. Did, did Colin Firth <laughs> overcome his stuttering and say, let them fight? Is that what you're let asking? Let them me? fight, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, he didn't do that. Let them fight. I don't know. I mean, my best guess would be uh, Godzilla, but that's not right. You have a full title for me? Godzilla King of oh. the Monsters? That is correct, Dave. You win the game. Who's the king in that? Wow. God fucking Zilla, the king All of the right. monsters. Okay. All right. Oh, not Who's one last king, king of Scotland. No. It's in the yeah. title. <laughs> Fine, fine, fine. I'll give Who's you the first Avenger, Abe? <laughs> that's not the pastor that's getting that's not the pastor for the plane. <laughs> What's the tagline for last king of Scotland? 
Mitchell. Probably like uh, he's the last king of black guy, but it's not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The last king of Scotland is probably just like remember that guy Idi Amin. Uh, that's the that's the tagline. Just it ends with the question mark. Yeah, it's, it, it's funny because the movie opens with James McAvoy looking to the camera as a free streaming going. You should wonder why a guy like me got to a place like this. Record scratch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a comedy. <laughs> hey man, they should take more chances like that. The chat that <laughs> just every movie has that. The tagline. The tagline for the last game of Scotland is charming, magnetic, murderous. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't. Have oh wow! That. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. on the poster and everything. It says it. Charming, magnetic, period, magnetic, period, yeah. murderous, period. I mean, the... He won the uh, he won the Oscar for that. That's right. He did that dance. Man. He did dance. He just he actually had Oscar. a nice speech. Yeah. yeah, he's Forrest Whitaker. Of course he did. Yeah, I remember it. He was just like, well, I remember one part of it was like, where he's like, my parents just take me in the back of a pickup truck when we watch movies in Texas. I was like, that's nice. Yeah. All, right. All right. Well, that was well, an agonizing the game. game. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who won? You won? You tied me. So, yeah, you okay. won. All right. All right. You won. <laughs> I came in second. There you go. Exactly. You top five, two, now top two. With a half a point That's and everything. New record. I'm making the shirt now. Making the shirt. Yeah, All right. So. All right. Let's move, let's move on now. Let's move on to some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we're going with various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash out now podcast. We ask a number of questions to the listeners. They get some answers, and then they give us a question as well. First question we have for everybody here is, what are your favorite films focused on female warriors? Scott has Michelle Yeoh in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uma Thurman in the Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 films. Uh, Shirley Theron uh, in Mad Max, Fury Road. Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. Sigourney Reaver in the Alien films. Todd Liebenau writes Lady Snowblood. Mm-hmm. Chris has Kill Bill and Alien Aliens, so Ellen Ripley. Uh, and Fulp has Princess Mononoke. I mean, you could have used the tagline from Princess Mononoke, Aaron. Who's and the king? Was- this is the same <laughs> Ponyo question. <laughs> anyway, female female warrior films. Any any of your favorites? Kind of nailed them all in these answers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna zag say uh, Batman Returns because Catwoman is pretty cool. All right. Next. Next question we have here: What's your favorite Viola Davis performance? Scott writes Fences. Christopher has the help. Keith writes this joint right here, the Woman King. Oh, uh, Catherine has the very first time I ever saw Viola Davis. She was portraying a beat cop in Kate and Leopold. She was scolding a dog walker, <laughs> Leopold, portrayed by Hugh Jackman, who wasn't cleaning up after the dog. Her line was, "Pick up the poop." He respectfully refused, so she wrote him out a ticket. But my favorite role was in that long story to lead <laughs> up to my favorite role was the, the right, help. Man, thanks, Catherine. <laughs> that, that was your great, favorite though. role. No. I love those stories. Bring have more of them. <laughs> Uh, Philip oh, writes, boy. I liked her playing off Harrison Ford in Ender's Game. Hmm. Abe, we both like Ender's Game. We do. If you asked me if Viola Day was, if, like, who else was in it, I could not tell you that Viola Day was I did not remember that either, Ender's actually. <laughs> I did not remember that, but at the same time, I did we, like Ender's we Game. We did like the movie, but yeah, I could not yeah. tell you that, like, she was in that movie if you had to ask me. Right there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, everybody else, I think, in that movie. Well, the kids, I guess. All right. Uh, favorite <laughs> Viola Davis roles? Um, Ma Rainey. I think it's Ma Rainey too. Yeah. As of the sequel, Ma Rainey too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, still jug banding. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Still drumming. Still jug banding. Oh, okay. Lisa, don't stop that jug banding when I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Classic (laughs) Simpson. Okay, the next question here: What are some great films featuring military training of some kind? 
Scott writes 300, Full Metal Jacket, and Biloxi Blues. Three comedies. Christopher <laughs> uh, writes Captain America colon the first adventure. Todd Libanow has stripes. Eric writes glory. Robert James writes the John Ford one about the cavalry training. John Wayne, Maureen O'Hara, and the actor playing the son. She wore a yellow ribbon. Uh, and then she he also adds Mulan. Justin writes G.I. Okay. Jane, Full Metal Jacket, and Heartbreak Ridge. Keith writes Spartacus. Chris writes Starship Troopers, and Philip has seven samurai. Military training sequences in film. Starship Troopers is a pretty good answer. It's a pretty yeah. good one. Yeah. I'm going to Mulan. That's a good one, too. Yeah, they sing in it. Yeah. The enemy cannot move if you disable. Cannot pull the trigger if you disable his hand. <laughs> who, who was that? Clancy, Clancy, Clancy Brown? Brown, yeah. yeah. Medic! <laughs> as I was saying, I was watching the first Avenger the other day. Mm-hmm. All the, like you know that movie as a whole, we're big fans of. But yeah. God, that first that whole sequence of him and Tommy Lee Jones and Santucci and everybody, like it's just so good. Just skinny yeah. Steve stuff. It's skinny so Steve stuff, it's yeah. so good. Get it's, back! It's like yeah, I mean, another test. No, like there, yeah. it's that's so good. Like right away, you just like get into like who Steve Rogers is. It's just yeah. really still, he's still he's still he's still, he's still little. Right, <laughs> Tommy still Lee Jones little. is great in that movie. Yeah. Uh, military f- training films, um, Full Metal Jacket, which I think was mentioned, and then also um, Jarhead. That has a good training sequence where he's just like, I got lost in the night of college. Right. People people forget, I, Aaron and I have talked about this before, but people forget that Jarhead was not about how awesome the Marines was. And then yeah, the subsequent anti, movies, yeah. yeah, the subsequent <sighs> movies are about that. So it's a, it's a weird, like, let's just keep rolling with this title. I mean, yeah, but I don't, you know, Pete, you, most people don't know there are subsequent. There were subs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There were, <laughs> yeah, most people don't know that there are direct to video they're, sequels to. Yeah, Jarhead. they're in the dollar <laughs> bin at Walmart. Doesn't really matter. Oh <laughs> wow! Yeah. Uh, what are your favorite historical action epics? Mm. Brandon Peters, friend of the show, writes RRR. Good. Okay. Uh, Scott has Lawrence of Arabia and Spartacus. Also good. Yeah. <laughs> Robert yeah. James, friend of the show, has The Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn, Seven Samurai, and Lawrence of Arabia. Chris has Master Commander, The Far Side of the World, wow. and Bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, Philip writes The Last of the Mohicans. These are all really good picks. These all rock. These yeah, all these rock are like answers. all movies that you're just like, these are films that I would show in like, you know, a class of some kind. Yeah. I'll just add uh, Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven. Because rules. Oh, director's oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Uh Favorite historical action epics, uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's got some truth to it, right? <laughs> like, like none of that counts but that totally <laughs> that, that you're telling me, me that you weren't enthralled when he's telling them about you know the the stories of uh of the the, the staff head i mean it's not history it's not an it, epic i mean if you're if you're going with that, I'm, if you're going with that i'm going with jaws there you go yeah there we go. We're, All right. Yeah, I love when we zag on questions. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good way listeners with answers. <laughs> <laughs> they they gave us the good answers. Um, the next question here: What are some great older and newer films that portray female empowerment? Catherine writes The Help. Keith writes A League of Their Own. Jeff has Sucker Punch and Aliens, and Adam Gentry writes uh, Blue from the Three Colors trilogy. I should have said Blue. Uh, uh, French French style. Uh, uh, Shut up. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. to Jean-Luc Godard, by the way. Yes, I know the, thank I know you. Yeah. Well timed. 
<laughs> I just thought of French people. And I also remember Adam was like, Adam loves French New Wave films. So um, in any case, female empowerment films. Um, hmm. Uh, His Girl Friday uh-huh. and um, I don't know, Little, Little Women. Little Women, yeah, yeah. Christian Bale, Little Women, or or whichever, Women. whichever one that they're littlest in. No, <laughs> I'm going by the size. Got it. Yeah, I think Catherine Hepburn but... is pretty small, so maybe that one. <laughs> I mean, you I'll mentioned for, uh, a Bug's for, Life uh, earlier. A Bug's Life still works here. I'll put it for sure. hidden figures. Hidden, hidden figures. figures. There you go. Yeah, they sent those white men to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, last question we have here. Uh, leaders always have great support. Who are some great second-in-command characters when it comes to films depicting armies or armed forces of some kind? Keith Wright, Sheila Atim was incredible as the stoic spear-wielding second-in-command Amenza in The Woman King. Philip has Sam Elliott in We Were Soldiers. Oh, yeah, Sam Elliott in a lot of great things. Who are some great second-in-command characters? Um, You know, James Kirk uh, in 2009 Star Trek because that captain was like, you're in charge now, Mr. Kirk. And he's like, all right. And then he's got to ram that ship into that, that giant Romulan warship. So there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great opening sequence in 2009 Star Trek. With oh Thor. God. Yeah, with Thor. Skinny, skinny Thor. Uh, so. Yeah, it's really skinny Thor. Yeah. Um, what's it was I was going to say? Until I got distracted by whatever that was. Um, <laughs> Sam Neill in The Hunt for Red October. No, 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 no. That that's too good. Because <laughs> he dies and Sean Connery's hands are all sad. It's like, oh no, look at him. It's sad. Spoiler alert. The chef did it. But he gets reborn in space and then he gouges his eyes out. That's that's exactly what happened. Yeah. It's a, the Samuel tra- trajectory. <laughs> uh Marcus, if you think of anything, feel free to jump out with it at any point. But we do have a question here for um us three on the panel today. It is from Philip. Philip asks us, what's a film you loved as a kid that did not hold up as an adult? Philip, that is an interesting question. Do you guys have a film that you really, really like <laughs> that you grew up and you're like, mm, not so good? Uh, I have a lot of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one specifically because I was, you know, I'm pretty, I was pretty discerning. Like, that's why, yeah. you know, I'm wow. not film yeah. critic even at age five. Well, it's because um, it's like, I'm not sitting here trying to convince you that like, you know me, Abe. I'm not big on some of these movies that you love. <laughs> but... I know that you're not. <laughs> hey, man, I recognize that Best of the Best is not a great film, Aaron. But, you know, it's, it's fine. Um, in terms of, like, that question specifically, where I was like, hey, this is a really good movie. And then you watch it as you're older, or even a few years later, and you're like, this is not very good, is Robocop 2. <laughs> and I remember watching that <laughs> as a kid because... It's we had really it on dark, laser dark movie. <laughs> we, yeah, but we had it on laser disc, and you know, uh, I was like, "This is cool." You know, Kane becomes a machine too, and then later you're like, "This makes no sense." Like this, they 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 basically uh 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 Jeff Chelios it, where they take his. No, it's actually not Jeff Chelios. Is that his name from from the um from Crank? Yeah, from Crank. Uh-huh. It is right. Yeah, Jeff Chelios is one of the greatest movie names of all time. Exactly. Yeah, but they basically Jeff Chelios it in that they take the brain of a guy 
and then they implant it into a machine. <laughs> they do. Yeah. And that's what happens in, in uh crank two, I think. There's just like the bad guys just like his brain is in saline. Like, there's a there's a head in a jar, yeah. yeah. They, they, so they, like, they pull a head in a jar move. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. So Robocop two is not very good. And I've never seen Robocop three. Don't uh, don't worry about that. Okay. Um there's a Robocop three? Yeah, yes. he's got a flight pack. Yeah, and Whoopi Goldberg's in it. What? Oh wow. Um, yeah, and it's a new guy. Yeah, it's, um, it's not Peter Weller anymore. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Dennis Leary's brother from Rescue Me. Are you serious? Uh, yes. Um, okay. I can't think of one that I like. I just like watch now, and I'm like, oh, this is bad. Why did I ever like this? Mainly yeah, because yeah. there's like the only movies I like that are movies that I've deliberately not watched because I know they'll just not be good anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, yeah. I I know this ahead of time. I mean, so you watch Chuck once, and you're just like, I'm never going to watch this again. No, Hook was always bad. Um, and I <laughs> that's what that. I'm saying though. It's like, <laughs> you saw <laughs> it, and you're like, not, I recognize Hook it's bad. Hook. Hook has always been bad. It's a terrible movie. It's what, it's, it's <laughs> I Spiel, need to rewatch it. It's, it's, so Spiel, it's, it. it's easily one of Spielberg's worst. <laughs> Um, I remember really liking that. Maybe that's just lot, the point. Maybe, lots, of kids, lots of kids like saying that. Yeah, I was like, maybe that's the answer to this question, Marcus. <laughs> lots lots of kids like saying that all no. two and a half hours of Hook are good. And, How uh, dare you? Smee and the, they had put earwax on his beard. Yeah, it's, yes, I, I agree with you. Bob Hoskins Rufio. and Justin Hoffman are very fun in the portion of the movie that they're in of the two and a half hour Peter Pan movie. That, that is not fun to watch. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like it, it features a, a young Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, Jumanji, not good. Um, you know, Jumanji, it's yeah, it's bad. Jumanji's, uh, yeah, I can Jumanji's agree bad. It's a bad movie. Uh, it was always bad. Uh, well, how about a... have any horror movies that come to mind for you? There's like that's a fun question. Um, I like, no, I got as yeah. I mean, if you don't have anything, you don't have anything. No, so. I can't think of any offhand where I'm like, I've like, like actively I've turned around on them where I'm like, yeah. hey, this isn't good at all. What was I ever thinking? Well, Aaron Newworth, just a man who has always known to be have watched good movies. So it's not a what; it's just a matter of like. <laughs> I, you, know, you get your impression that first time, and I'm just trying to sure, think of what sure. was like. Is it changed at all? That's fair. Yeah. Well, if he ever comes up, uh, you know, because if I watch like out. if I watch like Three Ninjas now. Like yeah, yeah, I'll probably be like yeah, that's not was... very good. Like, <laughs> but I, yeah. like I don't, I don't need to watch it to know that that's probably going to be the case. Sure, yeah, Even if I can remember it, a lot of it really well. I mean, I, I don't mean, really watch it fun... again because I just like this is not a good movie. But I agree, I can see what you're saying there. What were you gonna say, Marcus? I mean, I said fun fact. I was a big uh, Mary Kate and Ashley fan. There you up, go. So those are terrible movies. And those movies, have, yeah, those movies have aged beautifully. I'm assuming they're it bad. Takes two they fun? It takes two of them. Uh... <laughs> How about any of like those Ernest movies? Have they? Have you guys watched them? Or I guess maybe you watched them earlier and you're like, this isn't very good. Even Ern- as like an, an eight-year-old. Uh, Ernest is like an acquired them. taste. Uh, Mark Hoffman, my friend like of the show, them. huge Ernest fan. Yes, yeah. Um, I And uh, there are some that I think are solid, like Ernest, uh, Ernest, goes, to ca- Ernest goes to camp. Mm-hmm. Uh Ernest goes to jail. I think is fun. Like, they, <laughs> but it's like, like that's more of like an acquired thing. Yeah, like the comedy in those. This is like such a weird, um, uh, like those those movie series. That movie series was such a yeah. weird thing because they they were huge in the nineties. Mm-hmm. We watched them in class in yeah. elementary school. Yeah, because <laughs> we well, just... they're like harmless. They're like PG. They're, yeah, they're fairly yeah. harmless. But at the same time, you know, it's just like Jim Varney like hurting himself for laughs. But it's it's just like and going oh ho. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that we watched them as like 
educational yeah they're like oh you guys are done with all your testing now so here's jim varney like escaping from jail and like yeah that or glory you know what two vhs tapes there's a lot of comedies i guess that kind of apply to this because it's like most comedies from like the 80s or 90s tend to have like at some point some like weird gay joke or something that's like Oh, sure. This is, bad. This is not that, that that hasn't aged well for anybody though. But you know, in terms of like for sure, taste, exactly. Yeah. But it, but it, it's. I like remember stuff, it's liking like Porky's the first time it came out, or not okay. one the first time, but the first time I saw it as a kid. But uh, yeah, and that's like it's this weird good... movie with like a lot of like yeah, stuff going on. In it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very much so, and yeah. yeah, a lot of like rapey stuff. So yeah, yeah. But, but I hear like, you on that. On that there's, problematic. There's a lot of movies like that where yes, right. like the politics of the time just like have yeah. changed so dramatically where it's like this mm-hmm. is not easy to watch. Right, so, right. So, I mean, so, hey yeah. man, you watch like The Hangover from 2009. Bradley Cooper drops a huge f bomb. Just like, and that wasn't that long ago. So yeah, I hear what you're saying yeah. from like movies from like 30 years ago. Even then, it extends ago. to like the character in some degree from that. Like you're not supposed yeah. to be, you know, he's not he's not your hero. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> right, everyone's saying yeah, it's like everyone's a, supposed to love Justin Justin Bartha. Yeah, Justin Bartha's the hero of those movies. Exactly. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't make a spinoff TV show just focused on him. <laughs> Doug, the series still hungover. <laughs> yeah, Doug's second movie starring Justin Bartha. <laughs> Doug's second movie. <laughs> It's the Doug from Doug. He's grown up. He's live action now. Do, 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 is he in? Sorry. Is he in? Is he in Atlanta? The the season that I saw. The yes. Third, he third season. Yeah, he's he is. Doug? That's right. I was oh, like, where, gonna, have, yeah, I, where it, have I seen this guy? Anyway, never mind. Well, the National I mean, Treasure movies is like the big thing. Yeah, he, he's done. He's okay. been around. Yeah, if you're gonna get to a great episode of Atlanta featuring Justin Bartha, that's well. At first, it is my favorite. Doug the cartoon, and I was like, Doug the cartoon is in Atlanta. This is a great crossover. I think for now on, we should just assume that Justin Bartha is a, a grown up version of Doug. <laughs> at at home, he has power. <laughs> no, no, uh, yes, no. Worse, that's what it is now. <laughs> we can, that that cartoon Doug is too wholesome. People grow up, Abe. <laughs> I guess. I Get guess. your head out of the sand. Get your realize head the, realize the truth, you're man. You're telling me that I'm never going to marry Patty Mayonnaise? Remember right. when this show ended like 30 minutes ago? We're still going. <laughs> um, so that's going to all staying in. That was that, not feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. At one point, I liked uh, Driving uh-huh. Miss Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're like, no, thanks. I don't like it at all. I did there see it, go. and I have like disdain for it now. Like, yeah. So anyway, we can move on. That one that movie when I get you don't, you don't want to get you don't want to get too deep in my disdain for driving Miss Daisy. It wasn't your cup of tea. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. gonna do it for this week's episode of Out Now Three Hundred Eight. You can find more of my work at personalthecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write for Legal Entertainment for Blue Review, Movie Reviews, and Why So Blue for Blue Rank Criterion Reviews. I'm also on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe, you can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.mua, and Twitter.com/slash/WalrusMoose. Hashtag. Go King Go. Go Women King Go. <laughs> Marcus Robinson. <laughs> As I swallow this water, where can you find more of your work? Uh, MoviesMarcus.com uh, MoviesMarcus on Twitter and MoviesMarcus1 on Instagram. MoviesMarcus1? Okay, got it. Yeah, and you can find me in line waiting to give my uh, condolences to the Queen. Oh, you're in, you're in the UK right now. I got it. I'm actually in line right now, yeah. I think they call it 30, a Q. 30 hours. Yes, there we go. Yes. <laughs> Try to be smart right now. I think they call it a cue. I took a lift to get over on yeah. the right floor here. <laughs> lift in the lorry. After I took a visit to the loo. <laughs> so.
You can find all the other episodes about now there today on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud Podomatic and Interest should be low D. Feel free to email us at outnotpodcast at gmail.com. Or write on Facebook wall, Facebook.com slash outnotpodcast. Or review us at Twitter.com slash outnot underscore podcast. And find us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash outnot underscore podcast as well. And of course, be free, feel free to leave those iTunes reviews ratings that help us out in the old iTunes Maybe, charts. Yeah. yeah. Marcus Robinson, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you for having me. I will that is going to be my it. next uh, text message. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, stay tuned for next week where we'll be talking. Don't worry, darling. And um, yeah, thanks again for listeners for listening. Thanks, Marcus, for being here. But until next time, so long and goodbye. in the league who you want to be i'm who they want to be b-e-a-u-t-y-e never seen so much rage from a queen rage from a queen queen so strong thought she was a machine girl of your dreams sinclair regime turn to the max can't forget maxine